Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode, I believe this is episode six. Six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. We didn't do two last week. We did one, even though they're all dropping the week of the 20th this week of April 20th. We still, we got a lot in the bag. We was putting a lot of pre-work in, getting covers together. Indeed, indeed. Advertising, I'm working on several podcasts. We're launching all at the same time. So when you guys get the, it, it, the flow won't be backed up after the next week and a half. Right. And stuff like that. So anyway, let us get with the proper introductions. Yeah, uh, Dietrich Davis standing right here. And uh, Mark Morell, a.k.a. Mark Knight, a.k.a. the guy sipping on some black tea. Yeah, and if you guys hear a little bit of noise in the background, that's my lady doing the dishes because we're recording this in the living room today. But um, first order of business is uh, Bruno San Martino passes away today. I forget the age, 82? 82 years old. Right. Um, one of the original WWE brawlers, mm-hmm. you know, one of the dudes who, it, when he threw a punch. You felt it. He looked like you felt it. He's a two-time WWF champion. His, uh, he passed away at his home in Pittsburgh, PA. Mm-hmm. You know, famous Italian. Yes. One of the uh, largest drawing uh, wrestlers here in the Northeast. The, the reason why uh, World Wrestling Entertainment is what it is today is because of this man being on, in my opinion, on the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of WWE. Um, or at least if there was two separate Mount Rushmores, the Mount Rushmore of the WWF. Right. Because I think there's several generations of Mount Rushmores, which yes. we, should, we should create the generational Mount Rushmore. You know what? That, that's, that's for next be, week. Yeah, let's try, let's work cool. on that. But, you know, but to run down some other allocates too, you know, besides him hold, holding. Um, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship twice. title on two occasions. Um, he did the second one when he came back from having his neck broken, mm-hmm. right? So you figure, I think, what, seven years on the first one, on the first run, and about like, maybe three or four years mm-hmm. on the on his second run. Right. Um, he's done a phenomenal job. He's taken on everybody from Gorilla Monsoon to... Um, Antonio Inoki, Giant Baba, uh, El Connected, like so many wrestlers he's mm-hmm. wrestled. Um, of course, infamously losing the title to Ivan Koloff at Madison Square Garden. And of course, uh, losing the title in Baltimore to superstar Billy Graham. Uh, also, bear in mind, too, he's, he's also a former uh, United States champion of the WWWF. Also, he held the Grand Prix United States Championship, the tag team titles, the international tag titles of the WWWF. Um, Bruno's done quite a bit, but again, he was like the man between the 60s and the 70s. Right. Nobody drew like Bruno San Martino at Madison Square right. Garden. And you know, he was, a, you know, he's five, he was five foot 10, 265 pounds. Not a, not, I, I'm going to say anything above 5'8 is up there in height. People will say it's not, but this this wasn't a small human being. You no, get what wasn't. I'm saying? This was a massive dude. He didn't have the massive six-pack, but he kind of had that Rusev physique. Yeah, and then think about was it. That was respectable. And, and he, no one would call him a v- vanilla midget to his face. No, and not only that, you know, he built everything up just through natural weights and eating and so forth, man. And to go a little further into his history... When he was a child, growing up in Italy, you know, he was uh, sick, like really, really sick. 
Mm-hmm. Even when his family was crossing the mountains yeah, from their hometown from to to avoid from to avoid being captured by the Nazis as they mm-hmm. were trying to leave um, Italy to come to the United States to be with their father and husband. Um, the story is incredible, but uh, Bruno definitely has done so much. He was in. He's inducted in both. He's inducted in so many Hall of Fames. Besides the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame, he's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's in the WCW um, Hall of Fame. Bruno San Martino has virtually lit everything on fire. Everything he touched turned to gold. Yeah, and and he was also trained by uh, Ace Freeman and Alex Perry. He debuted in 1959 and he retired in 1987. So he came in right at the beginning of the... Uh, he, he retired right at the 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 beginning of the, the Hogan yeah, he era. Was, and right, he was still credible at that time. Exactly. I mean, because um, he was taking on guys like the Honky Tonk Man, Randy Savage, Don Morocco, Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. He was taking Bob Orton. He was taking on those guys in these various places. And surprisingly enough, he headlined a lot of those um, B A and B towns right. when Hogan wasn't on the card. Also, and as I'm looking at it, and I'm only going what they reference. I'll do more research into it. Um, let's see. He worked for. Studio Wrestling, mm-hmm. Capital Wrestling Corporation, which was which is World Wrestling Entertainment. Right. Um he worked for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, obviously the which, World Wrestling Federation. Right. He was the um and his reign was actually his longest reign was 2803 days. Mm-hmm. So this was in a day where the belt didn't transfer left and right, right a thousand times. If you was the champion, you held on to it for a great amount of time. And he was and and not to th- not to say that in contrast that the Worldwide Wrestling Federation uh World Heavyweight Championship was not on par with let's say the National Wrestling Alliance Championship. Right. But that belt also traveled too and he defended that title also around the world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we all know that the National Wrestling Alliance World Championship belt um even to this day is defended all around the world. But the man who also held the WWF title did the same thing too, and there were also numerous unification matches. Um, you know, between like basically all of the champions between between all over the United States. And right. It's funny you say that. Um, and I was working on this. This thing is like six pages long, but eventually I want to do a show on Ric Flair's real title reign Mm -hmm. and how some of them were null and void and how they didn't count international title wins and losses and and it was just crazy how in reality Cena and or or Triple H will ever reach that number that he really has and I want to and and I I have it down to almost to detail of every title change and the ones that are null and void but Mm -hmm. um this is one of those dudes where he's up there and it's funny we got to applaud Triple H because he's the one who rebuilt the relationship and and got back with Bruno and brought Bruno back into the fold. Vince didn't take that first step forward. Exactly. It was definitely Triple H. And I want to applaud him for doing this because this man is very credible to the wrestling business and so the work true. that he put in. I mean, and plus, not only that, um, the reason why the uh, relationship between Vince and um, Bruno San Martino was uh, estranged, it was because of the differences of the of both guys. As mm-hmm. it related to the direction of the professional wrestling business, um, whereas Bruno was more traditional, Vince wanted to 
make it um, more Hollywood and more. He had a vision. He, you know, he had a vision. He, a he vision, stuck yeah. with it. Um, and let's and let's be realistic. It was the right thing to do, right? Because I don't think it would have survived any other way. If exactly the actual professional wrestling business wouldn't be where it is right now had it not gone that way. Look how horrible WCW was. That's true. Still, still, still operating at a certain point where it had to grow. WWE is a media company that now happens to their main um, category is, is wrestling. wrestling. So now you figure with. Um, the majority of uh, controversies, like uh, his son David being fired from the WWF. What was his son fired for? Getting into a fight with one of the workers, and uh, he got, I think he got fired, and then once Bruno found out that he was fired, then he quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there was the uh, him being a witness against the WWF during the... Uh, the steroid trial was he? I, yes, you know, he I didn't. A, I didn't realize Br- that Bruno was a Bruno was a witness against the WWE. Wow, he testified against the WWE. You know, testified against Vince regarding the steroid trial. He also um, testified against Vince against against the WWE when the sexual molestation and allegation charges were taking place. That was a weird too. one. I want to talk about that on another episode as well because it's funny how that's something that's. It's there, but it's looked over. Right. I also want to add, you did bring up he was in another Hall of Fame. He's in the International Sports Hall of Fame class yes. of 2013. I had mm-hmm. just did the research. And um, also in Grand Prix in Grand Prix Wrestling, um, which would be labeled as G, uh, GPW, Tag Team Championship Champion, one time. Right. Um, he also, in Maple Leaf Wrestling, he was the International Tag Team Championship Champion. One time with Whipper Billy Watson, NWA United States Heavyweight Championship, the Toronto version. He was one time. And that was through Maple Leaf Leaf Wrestling. Right. And that was ran by um, Frank Tunney. Okay, I have to do research. And 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 that's a a name that should probably ring bells with most of you guys who grew up in our era. Frank Tunney was the, I believe, the father or uncle of um, Jack Tunney, who also ran... um, Maple Leaf Wrestling and was the on-screen president of the World right. Wrestling I'm Federation. I'm sitting here saying I do know that name, and yeah. th- and that was the guy who was sitting there. So let me finish this this little bit off of his history. Uh, NWA Hollywood. He I guess he won the 1972 um, Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. He was Match of the Year numerous times with Pro Wrestling Illustrated 1970s. Uh, Most Inspirational Wrestler 1976, Match of the Year 1972, 75, 76, 77, 1980. So even going in towards the end of his career, he was still pulling off Match of the Year. The Stanley Winston Award in 1981, Wrestler, once again, Wrestler of the Year, 1974, even though I read that out of order, I'm sorry. In PWI, he was ranked 200 of the top 500 wrestlers. Mm of 20 uh, in 2003 in their ranking um another hall of fame a professional wrestling hall of fame and museum class of 2002 and worldwide wrestling alliance hall of fame 2008 Mm -hmm. so this man this is someone who and it's still other championships it's a lot to run down but this 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 man he accomplished so much and a lot of it was overlooked just by WWE not acknowledge him. No matter what, WWE always acknowledge Flair, Harley Race, and yeah. all these guys. But they never, they, it, it seems like, and they always honored Hogan even through the whole steroid scandal. But it seems like he took the brunt hit Absolutely. of a lot of shit personally However, with Vince. His most notable feuds, and I'm going, I'm, I'm only going to mention 
Um, I'm going to mention about like two, mm-hmm. two, in my opinion, his most notable feuds. Um, of course, everyone knows about his feud with Stan Hansen, Stan right. the Lariat Hansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the match accumulated at the Garden where Hansen uh, gave the Western Lariat to San Martino, fracturing his neck, breaking his neck, making the Western Lariat the most dangerous move in wrestling of all time. That's why when you see a clothesline finish, everyone's clothesline looks exactly like Stan Hansen's Western right. Lariat. But that match had hey, Bruno you know, that's out one on of my favorite wrestlers yeah. of all time, Stan that, Hansen. That match had, that put Stan Hansen on the map and made him a, a household name, star. an international star yeah. too. Besides just in, the, um, in Japan, where he ended up becoming... Like a big, big, big star and a legend. He's like a god over there in Japan. But this this match with... And it was all based on this match with Bruno. And of course, uh, most notably, his feud with Larry Zabisco. Yeah. Um, also, and, and I want to jump in here. Both men are labeled the living legend. That's true. A lot of people don't realize he's the first person to be labeled as the living legend. Mm-hmm. And then Larry Zabisco took that name on there from there on. Now, of course, it was like student versus pupil. I mean, mm-hmm. teacher versus student. Uh, they wanted to have a clean scientific match because, you know, Larry felt like he was in Bruno's shadow. Everyone was like, well, Larry, so-and-so and so-and-so, but what about Bruno? What about Bruno? It was frustrating him. So then he challenged Bruno to a scientific clinic on television and Bruno finessed him in scientific wrestling, and then it turned into a brawl. Larry hit him with the chair, worked him over. They had a big, big. They had big matches all over New York, Philadelphia, Boston. Yeah, because you, you know, you know, the television wasn't everywhere, so you was able to take that match to twenty different markets mm-hmm. and make the money off of that. Exactly. It's not like today they wrestle on Raw or they wrestle on on SmackDown, and then they ended it's up blown. on pay per view, right? Right. So now, for them to have their blow off. Or actually, their their payoff. Excuse me, for them to have their payoff match. It was at Shea Stadium, mm-hmm. in the main event, in Queens, New York. Larry Zabisco, Bruno San Martino had a steel cage match, right there in Shea Stadium, and it blew the roof off the stadium. Bruno San Martino came out on top, defeating his protege Larry Zabisco. Who are both also Hall of Famers, by the way, too, as well. Right, when baseball stadiums was considered a respectable place to have a wrestling show, and I still feel it still is. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, this man, he's he's put in his work, and again, I I don't want to sound repetitive, but you got to think Triple H for putting in that work and actually being respectable. You know what I'm saying? And saying, mm-hmm. let's, you know, Triple H is a big factor. And he's a true student of wrestling. He loves wrestling. He's a sto- he's an historian. Yeah, and he's actually, by him doing this, he's rebuilding relationships that you wouldn't even think are rebuilded. And this is definitely one of them because you, you would have never thought he would have ended up yep. in a WWE Hall Absolutely. of Fame. And you would have never thought to see a picture of them two, of Vince and Bruno. Standing together side hands. by side. And there's a def- and a beautiful statue made for yes. him in his honor. Also, um, a treasure find at the WWE did um, a few years back once Bruno was inducted in, into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. They found the very first WWF World Heavyweight Championship belt. You know, it. I'm, and, glad, I'm glad you brought that and, up. I'm going to leave this, that and somewhere. In this, this belt, 
They've been looking for this for years. And it was sitting and, and, in their possession and, the whole time. No, actually, the belt was sitting in the house of a, of a good friend of Bruno's because Bruno actually gave the belt to his friend. And it was sitting in his attic for years. And he just <laughs> so happened to find the belt, contacted Bruno, because, you know, of course, Hunter is a memorabilia fanatic. Freak, right. So... And this is only for display purposes. If you if you when if you guys go to FanFest for WrestleMania and so forth, you get to walk past all the displays. They have costumes and boots and everything of like all of their most notable wrestlers from Piper's kilt to uh Bret Hart's jacket to Shawn Michaels' chaps and so forth. And they also have you know, Flair's robe, Harley Race's robe. They have, uh, I believe, um, a copy of Flair's um, 10 Pounds of Gold sitting, yes. in, sitting in, I think, either his or Dusty's. I'm not too sure. But then again... Well, I think it was gifted to him by Triple, Triple H. Ric Flair gifted the belt to uh, right. Triple H. And I'm not sure if it's that particular belt. I think it was the big gold belt he gifted to him. Well, that With the too. dent in the top. Right. But the, um, the NWA belt is there. And they figure, well, okay... If you have the WWF championships there, and I'm talking about like the belts ranging from his, I will probably say his second run when they gave him the like the cast metal, the cast metal belt, mm-hmm. um, the or the Mulka style belt as as collectors are calling them now, um, that would have probably been the first version of the title that they would have said, well, the lineage of the belt starts this way, but we're missing two other belts and it just so happens that they came across um the one on the velvet blue strap mm-hmm. that was the one i just now was looking at right but the united states championship belt which was his nwa united states title all they did was they just put world's heavyweight wrestling champion on a little plate in the middle of the belt and which um made that it was a little bit ugly and that was that was their world's heavyweight title until they created their real first generation belt, which was the blue velvet one. All right. So, I mean, again, I and, and this leads me to say, you know, we had here in New York City, we had the what do you call that shit? The WWE uh, restaurant, the right. WWF, w- WWF New York. Right. We had WWF New York, and it was a very disappointing restaurant. I, I don't care what no one says. The shit was completely disappointing. Um, Shouldn't they create, do you think here in New York City, since we're coming back to that giant museum and tourists, take a small storefront or a nice two-floor store uh, place and jazz jazz it up and actually start putting these statues and Andre the Giant's handprints and boots and stuff like that and actually build a... A, uh, a museum, a museum for the Hall of Fame. No, yeah. not the Hall of Fame, just for WWE in general. Well, the WWE's Hall of Fame—they're actually looking for. Uh, well, actually, Hunter and, and Vince and these guys—they're actually looking for. Um, I believe they were said they were looking for a building where they can have a physical museum. They, well, they, they need one because a lot of people would like to see these belts, these old school belts, this, this, that, and the other. Now that you have the acquisition of WCW and all this NWA footage, mm-hmm. you don't have to shit th- sit there and show events, but just places where people can come and see, build a life-size statue of Andre the Giant so people can really see. Right. Build a, a I don't want to say a death row, 
but build statues of all the passed away wrestlers so fans can see them and take pictures of them right. and build them height and weight appropriate, well, weight, height and si- and width appropriate. And really give that, what you call because it's one of those things where, you know, some of these guys are larger than life and you read about them, but they'll never get the opportunity to. Yeah. Now, most, to see them and, 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 and enjoy something like right. that. Right. Now, of course, of course, you know, if that can't, if you can't beat it, there's always the there's always YouTube. You can find videos. Right. You time it. You chime in the videos, and they'll pop up. Yeah. Find yeah. Until then, but it's definitely. And I, I would consider they should consider New York City because New mm-hmm. York City is it's becoming a tourist capital, and as big as WWE is growing, maybe Times Square may not be the place. Right. But there's a couple of places in New York City where they can where they can do it, and people will respect it. And oh, you don't absolutely. have to turn it into a giant merchandise store, but you can merchandise it. Yeah. And make it presentable. So, so a little Hall of Fame stuff there, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, pretty much it. Also, um, you know, the honky tonk man. The most um, disrespectful stated, man in wrestling. Yeah, the mo- as they say. But he's also my favorite wrestler. Um, he said that Bruno San Martino was one of his favorite opponents. And he's wrestled everybody who was basically the bridge of the old school. And I'm talking honky tonk man. He's wrestled. Mm-hmm. Everybody, he's wrestled Bruno. He's wrestled yeah. Jackie Fargo. Literally, everybody. he's wrestled uh, Luthez. I think he might have even what, wrestled. The but Sheik. did he say that was his favorite person to wrestle? Bruno was his just... favorite. Bruno was his favorite person to wrestle. Right. You know, I would like to hear stories of how what was his work style. Was he stiff with it? Was he strong with it? I, it, it, I don't think there's a lot of guys alive today who can say that. Did Ric Flair and Bruno ever go? Um, they may have, but I'm not too sure. That's something. I think would have drew in the early '80s, Ric Flair versus Bruno. Probably, they, probably. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they went at it at least two or three times. And if people shit on us for not exactly knowing that answer, yeah, go so, fuck yourself. Yeah, it but is. um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, and I wanted to jump on it. I want to talk about your boy Rusev. Um, oh man! On social media recently, Rusev and Ryback went at it, and um. Ryback is flagrantly disrespectful. Like, this nigga is really, really disrespectful. And it starts from... Is it disrespectful as in, like, it's time to take a sip and talk disrespectful? No. Well, it's disrespectful where I think if I was Rusev, I'm walking up to Ryback and say, you owe me five minutes. Like, you owe me five minutes in the locker room with the door closed. No one can come save you. Mm. Like, you owe me that five minutes. Okay. So, um, and I'm not knocking it. Ryback... I guess he was following everybody on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. I have no reason why we have no relationship. But um, whatever. I'll, maybe I'll tweet him and ask him what the real deal was. But Rusev is on Instagram Live. Right. He's talking to the fans. He's having a lot of fun. He's enjoying himself. He's the blah blah blah. And Rusev and and the big guy, and big guy, Ryback twenty two writes, "Are you involved in the steroid scandal?" I can't have you involved with my company if you're involved with this Bravo stuff. Your boy Rusev, his wife looks over. Rusev goes, that's it, people. Big guy ruined everything for you and cuts off the live feed. He didn't show he was pissed off. But why would you do something like that? Like, wh- like is Ryback? What, you know, I, I hate the the get on Ryback because I feel as if he has a phenomenal look, and if WWE just would have paid him what he was worth, they would have got more out of him eventually. I think that it's you know it's it's a bad way of drawing heat, man. I mean, because right now you know it's worse than cheap heat. It is. I mean, like Rusev, 
right now is one of the most over guys in the WWE. He's the most over heel in the WWE right about now. Right. I mean, his merchandise is through the roof. So, you know, like, no heel has ever sold that much merch. I don't care who it is. No, no none whatsoever. So you figure that. And you figure that um, he just recently got involved in some other stuff where him and Taker were exchanging words. But it was just the buildup for their the upcoming match. And right. We'll talk about Yeah, we're going to talk about you that know, in a second. But you have a guy who's basically climbing that ladder right now. And then you have someone from the outside, like Ryback, to make a comment like that. That was just like really off color. And out of pocket, man. He, I don't think he should should have done that. Yeah, I think I think it's flagrantly disrespectful. And you know, more than any other business, I don't care more than basketball. It's really talked about in basketball. It's talked about in baseball lightly, and football and whatever. But wrestling seems to get the biggest hit because of the size of these guys' yep. bodies. Yeah. Because of their physiques and their speed and their ability, mm-hmm. and to be to and to keep these physiques on the schedule that they're running on. Absolutely. You know that can bring damage to someone's career. And this wasn't a tweet like cracking a joke. This was like him asking this question like, it, like I want to know like what's going on. Do you know something? Did you see the Bravo list that no one has seen yet that seems to have fallen apart and not showed up nowhere? You know, the same list that said that... Uh, Roman Reigns was Ro- on there, yeah, but Roman it was, was on, the wrong But Reigns. it was actually Luther Reigns. Right. And and still, you don't know. I Maybe let's play conspiracy theory. What if Vince gets in front of it and go pay him to shut the fuck up because I need this man to be the poster child of my company. That's so true. No, it, There's no way to... I don't give a fuck if it's Roman or, or, or Lufa. There's no way to mistake in Roman because you've done face-to-face business with this dude. Exactly. But it is what it is, but I just think this... So then it lead, But it all starts from a workout video that was posted and Ryback tweets, I would have expected more weight from the Bulgarian brute. Then Ryback writes, hashtag, fuck Rusev Day. And then Rusev responds, it's all natural workouts here, buddy. LOL. (laughs) Because if you compare Rusev's physique to to Ryback's physique, Ryback looks like the dirty steroid user. Now, Ryback can be clean as fuck. It's a possibility. Right. And, and, and I'm going to say, allegedly, he could be on steroids. But in reality, did you really have to go on Instagram and violate? Nah. And, and Rusev's physique is a clean physique. Mm-hmm. And there are guys who look like that who are on steroids. Yes. But I, Rusev looks like he has a clean physique. His belly button is not protruding. You've never heard him for... Uh, um, you never heard anything about him failing any tests yep. since he's been in NXT. Mm-hmm. He lost weight in a nice, good way. When he first got to the WWE main, main, main roster, he was heavier. Yeah. He slimmed down. P- big dude. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just fucked up. His and, dedication and Ryback is, sounds bitter. His dedication and time and putting in that work. Whereas with Ryback, yeah, he's putting his time, he's putting in his work. But, you know, do, to, do, the, do the thing that you do best. Stick with the podcast. Stick with doing the indie shows, your indie bookings or whatever, and negotiate to try to get your foot back into a, a major company. And, and and don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Worry about your own thing. Right. And I think, and that's another thing. I think, you know, I was talking about this in the, I was having a conversation with a friend. Well, when I used to do this, the old website I used to have when I would interview people, the number one thing I would ask artists is, what's with you motherfuckers on the indie scene, on not indie on the the independent or unsigned talent scene. Like, what's all the fucking hate about? And 
I said, you guys can draw so much more if y'all come together and actually work together. And now independent music artists are technically starting to make more than signed music artists. Mm -hmm. And the wrestling business is starting to turn into the same thing. thing. So Rusev, why would you try to bury Rusev when if he leaves WWE... He can go out there and just make a shitload of money. Right, but you can also hurt him when other companies are trying to legitimize themselves and getting partners, and maybe they don't want to deal with someone who's... Exactly. Speculation can destroy a career more than anything else. Oh, boy, you ain't lying about that. That really bothers me that you would have someone who's willing to damage it. And I know Roback right back comes off on this, you know, positive living thing, and I gotta get this, that, and the other together. But in reality, you, don't you sh- came off like a uh, like a fuck boy. Yeah, wrestling's number one fuck boy. You're coming off as, and I don't give a fuck what anyone says about. It. I'm not looking for fame or notoriety, and I know he can't take me in a court in a fist fight. You know, so whenever he's ready, come down to Brooklyn. I'll give you the quick one-two if you feel offended. But the problem is. This type of shit is disrespectful, and as a person who understands the indie wrestler game, yep, how do you, you're hurting someone, or and and why would you de- uh, destroy their credibility with the fans? Because now, if people are stupid yeah, enough, they're gonna they're, believe it and buy into it. Right, you know, it's just like, um, it's funny. I was, I wonder if Ryback name is on that list. I wonder that too. Allegedly, you know, who knows? It's just like I was listening to, um, listening to a uh, a podcast about the Rockers and they were talking about how like the Rockers had this um, reputation of being uh, uh, rebel rousers and party goers and just a bunch of wild they look wild like boys. It. They look like it. You know, they look like it, but in actuality they weren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they really <laughs> they really weren't, but it's just that it was the heat of this it was the speculation mm-hmm. that they carried that they had with them that brought that mystique with them which caused for them to have like that two day cup of coffee in their first WWF run right they were in, going, 80, in 87 they were gro- they were gone in a snap of the fingers exactly they were there for two days and then it was gone had to go you know what i mean but you know i mean it was what it was i just feel as if you guys are all in this business, whether, and I'm talking to the indie wrestlers and the signed wrestlers. You guys are all in this business for one goal, and in reality, it's to get to, not to get to WWE, but be the best in your leagues, right. in your federations, or in the WWE or New Japan. Don't go, if a guy is using steroids, That's applaud his him that he's willing to put his body at a heavier risk in, in his future just so he can get over at the time. Right. I don't, I mean, I'm not a supporter of steroids. I, I, I have a wild story with one of my friends where I had to pull a broken needle out of his ass, and that's the first time I discovered what steroids was, and I didn't understand what it was. I've pr- always been proud to have been steroid-free. I was always, even though I got a few inches to spare, I didn't want to give up those few inches, but I'm talking about, you know, steroid draws blood from the body, people, so sometimes shit happens. Right. Yeah. But the point is, I'm not... um. I'm not against anyone who's willing to make a choice about what they want to do with their body. The bottom line is, it's their choice. Right. And I don't understand why it's so fucking illegal when... You, I, don't get me started down that line. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go down it, but, but the, in other Rusev news, him and Undertaker are back on at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. So there was a big flip-flop, a big misunderstanding, because uh, Rusev and Lana, they made some comments about how... To TMZ, as they should have, you know, because they're they're doing two things here, they're bringing public interest into watching this show, and also Rusev looks like he really just has fun when people ask yeah. some stupid questions, and they're promoting the event. So Lana said, "Take you know, Rusev will crush 
take her. Mm-hmm. And then TMZ says, Rusev says he will crush Taker's old ass. Yeah, why not? That got they said. Now this got back to Vince, as they say, or back to the WWE, and then they decided, well, you know what? Since he's um disrespecting Taker, our legend, you know, we're gonna take him out of this match. Allegedly. 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 But now, here comes the here here comes the icing on the cake. Michelle McCool, the wife of the Undertaker, responded back. To see what was going on. Mm-hmm. She knew, wink wink, guys. She knew that they were doing this to promote. They knew that this this is what was going on. And even if they weren't, Rusev did the right thing and still kept it as I can beat the Undertaker, as the attitude of every wrestler should right. be when you're having that type of match. You don't want to feel like you're 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 you know, you're scared to get in the ring and work against your opponent. Mm-hmm. You want to get in there, you want to fight. You want to get in there and put on a match. You want to tell a story. And what, and what if he what if he puts Undertaker in the casket then that so mean, he can go rest for the rest of the fucking year? So that means Rusev gets a really big push by defeating the dead man. And and what and, and, and hypothetically speaking, not to cut you off, what if what if let's just say hypothetically. All right, if I'm in the WWE, I'm going to book Rusev to win. Let there be the big celebration. Right. And then let Undertaker get his revenge next year at WrestleMania in a nice six to ten minute match. Yep. And call it a day since you know he's not going nowhere. So if if this was a storyline, this is the perfect thing to get Rusev to WrestleMania mm-hmm. for the Undertaker. Right. If you're looking for an opponent. And this is the perfect person to put up against yeah. him. Yeah. And I mean, and this is the first time that Rusev will be in another uh, high profile gimmick type match. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll probably do good. I think it'll work well. And he'll get that payday. Yes. Upwards of allegedly three hundred to fifty thousand per main event. And that's the most important thing, <laughs> getting that cheat Right. That's that payday that takes care of it. So I think Rusev is in a great position, even yeah. though he's not um fans are thinking he's being let over. I think they the company knows Rusev is someone that they have to play extremely fucking smart with. Yeah. You can't fuck Rusev over. And that's nah. and that's mainly what's so important. And I think Rusev needs to be I think right now, just protect him, keep him in what you call it. I think he should definitely be in the tag team division. Yeah, and I, I, I really think so. Him and Aiden English I should be. I think he should be tag. We talked about tag this three episodes in a row. Man, <laughs> dudes need to be the tag team champions. But um, And being that they're both on SmackDown, yeah, you know, they definitely need right. a, a, and, a tag team title run. And we'll talk about later on in the episode how SmackDown is tag team heavy. But I want to get into something that's a little bit more um, business-wise. Um. 2K and WWE is being sued by a tattoo artist. I'm going to read this article to you guys. Uh, Randy Orton's tattoo artist is suing WWE and 2K Games, the company behind WWE 2K18, claiming they used her images without her permission. The woman... Oh, 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 let me read this whole shit because it's stupid. Give me one second. And this is via TMZ, by the way. The woman behind the suit is Catherine Alexander, a tattoo artist from Illinois, who says she is being ta- she's being tattooing Orton um, going back to 2003 and owns the copyrights to the designs. People, I'm going to go off on a second here because I used to own a tattoo shop, um, uh, owns the designs. Problem is, according to Alexander, Orton is depicted in the video games to a T, the tattoos included. And she says that the copy that that's copyright infringement. 
The artist claims she has raised the issue with WWE in 2009 and was offered 450 bucks for the rights to use her use the designs. She says she declined the offer. As as for the tats in question, Alexander says she gave Orton a tribal tattoo on his upper back, which is fucking trash, by the way, as well as a full sleeve, which is popping, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, a full sleeve with everything from a Bible verse to a dove, skulls and a rose, among others. FYI, this is the first time we've seen lawsuits like this. LeBron James tattoo artist sued 2K last year, making the same claim. It is exactly, um, it is unclear exactly how much money Alexander is after, but the games, uh, but the get, but but the games ma- is a massive success. We're guessing it's a lot more than the allegedly offered from wwe for the first time now yeah let's talk about this d because like you said there's there's, you, there's legal business and you was about to say you being a multi-business person yes you know you took the words right out of my mouth you're, you're basically a, you're, you're you're a captain of, an, of of industry in your own right right you know and i'm not just saying this because you're my boy i'm sure, your co-host and, you know what i mean down, and uh, you know you know because I, I don't i don't blow dicks but no, but it's true. If anybody who knows me knows, you 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 have the mind of you have you have an entrepreneur. You have the you have the mind of an entrepreneur, which you do. You know, you know business. You've ran successful businesses. You I know made what I mean? Money for people. You, you me, made and you made and you you're right. You made a lot of I've money made, for people. I've made money for people, and I, I've gotten checks cut. Um, keep going. How does how does this situation work? Being that you also um ran a ta- a tattoo parlor. Yeah, I, can a can a per, can the artist actually copyright a tattoo? If and if that's the case, what does that say about the person who gets that particular tattoo? And if this it's if it's their hmm. idea, right? They can say, "Oh, you know what? I want um, I want a koi fish, or I okay. want to um, I want to I want to um, I I want to what you call? I want Charlie Brown, right? Right, and I want Charlie Brown uh, posing with like behind two turntables and an NPC and an NPC um, sampler like mm-hmm. Jay Dilla, right? The artist. So that's a do they do they like they can actually copyright that artwork? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna say no. Um, and I don't mean this take things away. I need to go and I need to go into a weird half circle to break this down. Okay. So you take uh, Napster in the music industry. When La- when Lars from Metallica ran- put his foot on Napster's throat, which is one of the most craziest things that happened in the music history, but he was saying that the music did not belong to the person who purchased the music, right? I agree with that. I'm going to disagree with this woman here, but I'm going to agree with that. He's right. They recorded the music. The music was purchased, light put on wax, made in the CDs, cassette tapes, and then sold to the consumer. The consumer doesn't own that music. They purchased the right to listen to that music. Right. Okay? The owner of that music is still the label. And the composer and, the, and or artist. Maybe not even them. Maybe just the label and this, that, and the other. It's, a, it's, a, it's too much to detail in the contract. And um, I wish I had my brother's contract here from Sony Records to really break that down, but when he was on Sony. But long story short, so that's a little bit different. 
It proves, yes, the music does belong to the artist, blah, 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 and the trade of the music was illegal and hindering, boom, boom, boom. I still think there was a lot of unnecessary red tape there, but because of Napster, we now have iTunes, mm-hmm. which I think designed the blueprint of how to sell music without spending money in a record store. Now, I used to own a tattoo shop. Someone comes in with an image. 90% of that time, that fucking image doesn't even belong to the person who found the picture. That's right. Right. So when you go to a tattoo shop, there's a lot of uh, poor booth uh, uh, stencils and all this, that, and the other. So you go do a koi fish. So when I first got into the tattoo business, you couldn't tattoo shit like a koi fish or certain dragons or certain this, that, and the other because it, was b- because it belongs to gang affiliations. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, people did it anyway, but if if we were in Japan, that would have been an issue. Right. In the United States, it's not much of an issue. There's traditional tattoos, there's this, that, and the other. So I'm going to go to the first thing. Orton gets a Bible verse tattooed on him. Okay. The Bible, is, if I'm correct, is a public domain tattoo. It is public domain. Yes, it is. So you can't take credit for the Bible tattoo because you are now right. If anything, King James got a lawsuit. Or the the Roman Catholic Church, right? And right, <laughs> and, no, no, no. Let's, and, and, let's go every, back to the person and who every, com- and everyone else who's had any other translation of the Bible, right? So let's go back to the commission who the person who commissioned that book to be all those books to be put together. You got King James, boom, just his version. All right, so now that don't even belong to you. Then you tattooed a dove on him. Okay, did you draw that dove from scratch? Most likely, you probably got that off the internet or someone's photograph and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, tribal tattoos. Okay, tribal tattoos are so fucking generic, you don't even know. Goldberg's tattoo is, is sitting on a rack somewhere. Yep. All right? The Rock's Brahma Bull is probably sitting on a rack somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. All my tattoo works have been custom and drawn from top to bottom. But again, it doesn't matter. Now- I'm the purchaser of the tattoo. I purchased the ink. Do I now? Where's the contract agreement from the tattoo artist that says you now own the image on my skin because I paid you to put this image on my skin, bitch? You don't own the image on my skin. You don't own that fucking art. You did the art. That's it. And you got paid for doing the art. You got paid for doing the art and this, that, and the other. So I'm and doing this, that, and the other. So now, how do I look like when? My um my boy at the time Tony Styles a tattoo artist. How does I how does how do how do how does he look like telling someone that's my art I'm suing that for you? Yes, you did transcribe the art. Yes, you did put that out there. Yes, some of it comes from Flash. Some of it comes from pictures that you bring. Some of it is custom. If and 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 Tone was known good for his portraits. Right. So if he did a portrait of someone's child's face, of someone's daughter's face on their arm. Does he own the image of the daughter's face? No. Absolutely not. That's a lawsuit. That's 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 copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. So this woman saying that she did some shit like that, it's fucking impossible. Because when you sign a tattoo agreement, it's basically saying the tattoo shop is not responsible for anything that happens to the tattoo after leaving or making sure that you are at that certain age. Correct. And I'm sorry to be long-winded about this, but this bothers me. But it's something that just needed to be addressed because, you know, I don't have a lot of ink, but... And I've got a few tattoos, right. you know what I mean? So it's like if I decided to go and get something else done, and if I put it on, let's say, uh, a T-shirt or something or whatever, um, like, can that person sue me? All right. That's another. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. 
Randy Orton's tattoo was once on WWE t-shirts. Is she going to go after Mattel for all the years that they made how many versions of Randy Orton's toys? Jack specific? Yeah, Jack's, this, that, and the other. Are you going to go after THQ, the defunct company, their insurance companies, and go after shit like that? If it's This creates a rabbit hole, and the problem is now, does this not allow tattoo... Tat, will Vince now start looking at talent that doesn't have tattoos? Right. Does the Vince does is bad enough at one point WWE wrestlers had to get approval to go get a tattoo, and it wasn't that they didn't want them tattooed. It was based off of how they was making merchandise at the time. So if you added a new tattoo and the new toy was coming out, we got to now make the new toy with your fucking tattoo on it. Absolutely. And then if they scan the tattoos in the game. And Randy Orton is giving permission for his likeness to be in the WWE and the tattooed work is his license. And they separated the, the layers of art so fans can put his ink on, on the game. On creative wrestler That's or whatever. That's totally fucking different. Exactly. So with that being said, and I, and I want you guys to forgive me for being long-winded. Also, on a legal note, did Randy sign a contract with her saying, yes, you tattooed me. And your artwork belongs to you. You basically that's you basically asking for a, a slave sale. You know what I'm saying? I own your skin until otherwise noted. So do you sue him for covering up any lines of your work when another artist goes in it and saying he's defacing your intellectual property? Like there's too many windows to go here with that. Absolutely. Yeah, so you know, it's just I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous. Stupid. It's it's real dumb. You know, and personally, like I said, you know, when you when you get a tattoo, it's yours. Right. You're paying for it. It's on your body. That's yours. You pay the artist. That's it. That's like okay. Again, you know. But when I'm not gonna stay on this forever. But I'm like I said, if you pay for it, you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Suing WWE, suing 2K Sports is dumb. And then and then and and also. Do you now count how many episodes of Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views he's looking been on? For, looking for royalties? Looking for a payday? Yeah. You, number one, the biggest thing for a tattoo artist is not just getting the money. It's when these celebrities come get tattooed, is knowing that their ink is going to be somewhere. When they go, yo, this is the person who did it. That that that's that's the best type of promotion you can You're getting get. notoriety just on that alone because right. the person is advertising your work. Yeah, and they're and, saying you're the best in their eyes. Yeah. So when you take someone like Alistair Black, mm-hmm. who's covered from head to toe, does that tattoo artist go, "Yo, WWE is displaying my tattoo work on I, I his network"? I need for them to cut me a check. Right. So he's making money off of my images and shit like that, or even better. And I'm gonna give you a great example. And I'm not trying to go off on a rant here, but CM Punk. Has Cobra Commander's Thank logo you. Yes, has- from fucking Hasbro yep. on his skin. The Pepsi he, logo. And he also has the Pepsi logo on his skin. Does Pepsi now come after WWE and Fox and the UFC and goes, we need fucking money from you now? Does w, does Hasbro, does that Hasbro, owns the rights for G.I. Joe? Still do to this day. Even though the the, the the television and commercial rights and film rights is on um the Paramount Network. And that's a long conversation I'll have for another day with you guys mm-hmm. about that. Um, do they sue him? Does the guy who create the logo sue him? So now how do you justify that? The Pepsi logo. They got more credibility than any tattoo artist. Yo, you put that logo on fucking toys. Yep. Yo, you put that logo on all over his uh the video games. Yep. How fucking dare you? Do you catch a lawsuit? Do you understand the other? So what she's doing 
is creating a rabbit hole and she's turning into one of those greedy fucking artists who feels she's worth something. Listen, bitch, <laughs> unfortunately, and this is coming from a person who ran a bi- tattoo business. Unfortunately, when the person brings that, when the person gets that shit tattooed on your fucking skin, that's it. Yeah. Business deal done. If he paid you uh, 350 to 1700 for your work, take your money, think, take the promotion, say thank you. Now, if I am Mattel, what I will say, Art, um, considerable art provided by. Yeah. Such and such. You can start putting their names in credits. It's or tattoo artists right. in the game and it's this that not and the like, other. It's not like their Bill Finger, who basically his family had to fight the estate of Bob Kane to get that proper recognition to be the co-creator of Batman on or all even, of the rights for everything that even great, for, even the Schuster family they had to fight for the Superman rights right well yeah they had to fight they had to fight DC to get the to keep the rights in the right. name of the family but the the whole thing was back to the Batman deal is that Bill Finger he actually designed the he he created and touched up the design that uh, Bob Kane created but you see what you said he didn't create it he put a little bit extra rendition onto it yeah so now. I'm a tattoo artist. I ta- I'm not a tattoo artist now, but I tattoo something on you. Right. And then you go, I don't like this anymore, but I'm going to incorporate something else. And he goes to another tattoo artist. So after you finish suing the tattoo artist doing WWE, now does the other tattoo artist come and sue you? So what she's doing is having, and if she wins, which should, this should be thrown out of court, mm-hmm. if she wins... Now, what does this do for any tattooed person in the business of wrestling? We're talking about YouTube channels, this, that, and the other. Well, his art is being displayed on your channel, this, that, and the other. This shit is serious. So they can do two things. Either they'll have to force them to sign some kind of a waiver or they I can know, pixelate it. I'm going to tell you right and blur now. It out and blur it out. <laughs> or, and what's Vince's thing? We no longer hire these tattooed wrestlers. And right. you go back to a tattooless wrestling time. What I would do is, and I thought about this long and heavy. Um, I'm about to, I'm going to do my hip, both uh, both of my hips. Don't ask me for what, just know it's some, it's some other shit. All right. But um, You doing a Simone style or what? No, nah, I'm not a part of heritage and I need that shit done. I don't need someone fucking up with me with a hammer and a needle. All right. So fuck that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's just as painful as a regular needle. I just need more precision in art lining. But long story short, um, I'm going to make sure I bring a contract and have them sign that the art on my skin only belongs to me and no one else. Yep. I know it sounds stupid. I do a lot of business, but that's the first thing. Like I'm going I'm to come up with a contract that they sign. I'm going to sign the agreement for their shop, but you're going to sign an agreement that you cannot sue or this, that, and the other. Ladies and, blah, and gentlemen, blah, blah. now that's literally covering your, your ass. ass yeah so <laughs> i think it's i think it's just fucking stupid and i think she's reaching and i would never if anything any celebrities who continue to go to her should stop right. because now you know she's looking for a lawsuit and it's that and the other it's a stupid fucking thing i don't agree with it i don't i just think it's dead ass fucking stupid who cares Right. Let's, let's go on to let's go on to some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was about to. I was done with her right <laughs> fucking there. Um, I want to talk about. I don't want to talk talk on this too long, but your boy John Cena and Nikki Bella, 
and your girl Nikki Bello. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm glad. What we about to get into, it calls for something cold and adult to drink. Now, I want to start this off. Um, I watched a lot of Total Divas. I watch. I watch all to- Total Divas. I watch all Total Bellas. Um, I forgot to bring you a cup. My bad. Oh, Action's right here. Oh, okay. I watch um, all Total Divas. I watch all Total Bellas. I'm a reality show junkie. I watch Housewives of Atlanta. I watch all that shit. I don't watch none of that shit. Now, anyone got a problem with that? You let you meet me in the street in an alleyway, and I'm gonna let you know Brock Lesnar ain't as dangerous as me. You gonna get these hands. But long story short, respect to the real niggas that watch reality TV. But oh yeah, I. Let I'm me just, tell you something. I'm just one of them niggas that just don't watch it. I I believe I'm I believe in uh, pitching blockbuster films and low level trash TV. That's just the businesses I I love and I'm in. But long story short, um, if you watch this relationship on that show. It felt, I'm not mad that John Cena broke up with Nikki Bella. It was always a weird relationship. Uh, I don't care what anyone says if they hear this. I always felt she was a little gold diggerish. I think it was always kind of hinted at on a low. I think John Cena uh, had his work-related fuck toy. And I think he the pressure was put on him to get married. And... He might have did something because he thought he changed and then caught cold feet. Right. Let me say this. I was once dating this woman who was um, known in the adult industry business. And one day I'm in a fucking Target. And I won't say her name, but people may know who it is if they ever Googled it. But I, um, I won't say her name, but I'm standing in fucking Target one day. And I'm looking at this bitch and she wanted to get married and this, that, and the other. And I'm looking at her, and she didn't know that relationship was over before I left Target. I didn't want to deal with it. It wasn't about maintenance, or it wasn't just that and the other. I just knew that I would end up in a divorce anyway, and I didn't want her. She was already retired out the adult business. Okay. She was doing what she 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 was already started her own little business. It had nothing to do with who she, with the business she was once in, and this that and the other. I just looked at the bitch and said. I don't want to get married. Not to her. She, right. To me, it wasn't worth the stress. And I think John Cena was being very honest with himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he stepped out. And even though she's saying she's the one who broke things off and this, that, and the other, I think the type of man John Cena is and has been displayed on those shows, whether it's scripted television or not. not. And it's not scripted television. They, they, uh, choreo- they choreograph scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think that nigga that simply had to come real with himself. Come on, he made the bitch sign a what two hundred page contract to move into the crib. Right. He's already been divorced. He already says he doesn't want children. That mm-hmm. he's in a very selfish business. So when he did speak publicly about it, I think this was a dude who one hundred percent knew who he was. Right. And then he felt pressured. And I think three weeks out, because they were supposed to get married in three weeks in Mexico. I think he looked at her just like the same way I looked at that woman and said, nah, I'm good. I can't do this. And I would let the woman say, yeah, say you broke up with me. Say what you need to say. I'll take all the heat because John Cena can handle the heat. Mm-hmm. And his movie career is finally picking up Yep. Um, with the Transformers situation. I think they made a mistake by not picking him for the movie for Shazam right. in DC. Mm-hmm. But that's just their thing. And I think there's a lot of things that 
I think John Cena considered a lot, and we don't know what their relationship was day to day. Right, when the cameras and, are off and when they're not on camera. Right, and he always was talked about like he ain't shit and he'll never marry you and this, that, and the other. Yes, did they get a WrestleMania moment? Yes. yes. Was it Macho and Miss Elizabeth? No. No. Um, I think they were midterms into actually being broken up when they were doing the whole marriage thing on the show. And Absolutely, the yeah. And uh, his brother uh, his brother talked about it. But um, I'm not exposing your business, Mark, but you also just got out of a very rocky Ooh, marriage. Brother, brother, brother. And I don't want you to tell all the details, Well, but do you think that John... Th- think about it. If you could dodge that bullet of ever getting married, would you have? Well, based on the circumstances and who I'm with, who I'm dealing with, I would. Right. Looking back at my circumstances, looking back at my past situation, you know, um, I, I sure as hell would have. I mean, because I, I have to look at it like this. Because right now we're, we're shooting right now, and I don't mind shooting. And I'm just going to call it as it is. Can you pass me that bottle oh, over right there, ahead, sir? Here it is. Thank you. You know, here's the situation. I married a woman who made some poor decisions in her life. I made a decision on marrying this woman who made poor decisions in her life. And in the process of that, you know, uh, it didn't work out because it wasn't meant to be. The situation was bad. Let's just put it like this. I had spent some hospital time. Uh, from stress. From stress. Uh Dealing with this circumstance, dealing with uncertainty, dealing with am I going to come home and get a kiss on the lips from my wife or am I going to get this or am I going to do that? And having to deal with so much inside of this this circus that I call the marriage. And not to cut you off, I don't think a lot of people realize being in a relationship and a marriage is personality yes. management. Yes, it is because... because Don't let my pimp game come out. You, you, have, to, you have to basically... Taking consideration, not only just your feelings, but their feelings, and then you gotta kind of work as one. But when you're not working as one, you're working against one another. It's not gonna work. And 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 it's funny. I know you don't watch the show, but you can tell she's a very. Even though she's a twin, her and her twin are night and day. And she's a very needy person. She needed his approval. She looked up to him. She really. She was, and this is my opinion. And don't hold this. You know, to a grain of salt. But she came off as a female who needed... To me, she's a traditional daddy-issue chick who needed her man's approval instead of being independent in that way. But you wanted... But you did not... But you you didn't mind him buying the shoes and moving into his big house and, and this, buying that, and the, the and other. And getting the car and getting this right. and getting that. And I think she loved the presentation of what Cena brought to the table right. versus what she can bring to the table. And I think she was... There's some couples that compete with each other. Yes. And I think she was lowball competing with him mm-hmm. to get his approval. And that maybe... The, that's not you could tell that's just not what he nah. was going for. And he's a selfish person and he's not wrong for being honest but and see, saying his, I'm a selfish see, person. I wouldn't say he was selfish. Oh no, he says it. He's selfish. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spin that word around. I think he was a selfless person. Selfless meaning that he didn't think less of himself. You understand? Mm-hmm. Now, look, weigh weigh any options. John Cena was married. His wife was cheating on him. His, well, I, or he was cheating on her. 
first. Oh, well, hell. Well, actually, she I think she was the dedicated one. And he said, I was too young to be married. I made too many mistakes. Okay. And this, that, and the other. I don't think, I think it was the other way around. He made it very clear. Oh, he took, okay. He, well, I got that twisted. Pardon right. me for that. But needless to say. And also, 300 days a year, and there's more women being hired in the company. Who don't want road pussy? Let's not act. Let's ask Shawn well, Michaels about well, that. Well, fucking yeah. someone else's married wife. I mean, come wife. on. Listen. Um. Well, hey, Batista did it too. Right. You, you know, work for Shawn, work for Batista, and it worked for anybody and everybody else. And now you got more marriages and unions in the WWE than ever before. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Where, where that was sh- uh, shunned upon. Right. Now it's like, okay, they're married, cool, and they're even considering relationships on both shows keeping the relationships together don't break them up right if they're happy on the road keep them happy on the road exactly you know but either way john took a deep look in himself real talk and he knew that this was not going to work for him some people sometimes can't differentiate real feelings from just the show i being of one who was a part of a show, as show the, meaning marriage, as the also special guest, even getting like barely getting part time credits, if you will, mm-hmm. I felt like a background player in in my marriage, right? Right. Um, it's a bad feeling knowing that you're gonna you're coming home and you're not happy. It's a negative feeling to know that you know you can't be yourself when you're basically appeasing you, you know you, you know your 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 partner or your potential spouse you just said something what if he kept coming home and he just wasn't happy with what he saw nikki bella is not an ugly bitch but no, she she's ain't not. the baddest bitch on the planet right there, Look, there, even there, a even nigga some, got tired of kim k eventually listen there's some women that get tired of they of they dudes and, and and vice versa right so what if he came home and he said yo what if he realized, because he, let's think about it. If he was lying to himself, he would have married her, and then it would have been even worse, and it would have been one of those divorces mm-hmm. two months later. He would have been, a, you know, and, and this, this, this. Um, and she would have gotten even worse. A good amount of money from out of that man's Oh, not at She would have needed two years to get that, and I think they're getting married in Florida. So I don't know if Florida has a alimony thing. But I think I don't think it would have been an L.A. marriage. They were getting married in Mexico, so there's a lot of loopholes to how you get alimony. But it would have right. took two years to get that alimony anyway. But in reality, I think he looked around and said, "I don't want to share all this, or this, that, and the other." Right. Like one thing John Cena said, "I don't want any kids." Mm-hmm. Right. So I was a person for a long time, and I think I'm still in like that. I don't. Um, though I have a stepdaughter, I don't think I want any children, and I'm, I go back and forth on that on a regular basis, and that's just me personally. But I remember my mother got upset at me and said, oh, Dietrich, why don't you want any children that's being selfish? I said, no, being selfish would be having a kid and not wanting to be in that child's life. Facts. That's a selfish act. Mm-hmm. Me being realistic is don't get none of these bitches and hoes pregnant out here. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> I agree to that. You get none man. of these bitches hoes you pregnant know, in because here. It's like... So I don't have to be responsible <laughs> Listen, for something I don't I don't really care to be responsible for. for just, just a word of advice. Child support here in New York City is the goddamn hustle out here for a lot of the a lot of these uh not just New York City the the, the whole fucking world the whole world but we gonna, we going to focus on the tri-state where we from right cuz um it's it's a bad situation you got you got women that just basically live their life 
off of child support. Hell, I even had to tell a homeboy of mine's, don't think that you're going to be getting or taxing your, your, your kid's mom for such and such such dollars when you ain't earning that shit. Right. You got to go out there and get that and make that for your own. And that's just the bottom line. But John saw right through the veil. Right. And was and, like, and you know, fuck it. I'm, 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 you know, I don't need this. He has every right to feel this way. And you're right. He, he's willing to take the heat. That's cool. He's willing to he do that. He can handle it more than can, anyone. Exactly. He can handle that heat. You know, but at the end of the day, John Cena gets to go to sleep with a, with a conscience knowing that, hey, I know right. this shit wasn't going to work. And let me tell you something. Um, at the time, he might have thought, and I'm not saying he doesn't love her. I think he might have thought and convinced and said and this, that, and the other and goes, you know what? Maybe she, maybe I could get married. I think he might have meant it at the moment he did it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. A lot of people want to say it was a work. It was this, that, and the other. I think he meant it at the moment he did it. Yeah. And then it came down to holy shit. We're three weeks from this, John. You got to be honest with yourself. That man took a hard look in the mirror, made a choice. And let me tell you something, people. I'm gonna coin this phrase, and I'm, I'm and a lot of my friends laugh when I say this, but life is about choices. It and sure this as hell is. Nigga John had to make the choice of all fucking choices. He can either get shot or he could avoid the bullet, and he avoided the bullet. He dodged the bullet, and me personally, I think Nikki Bella was a bu- uh, was was a bullet dodger, and I think she needs to sit back and look at herself as because the the man gets all the blame, right? So. Pardon me as I put my dick on the table and start spitting some pimp shit to y'all for clump, a second. Clump. Yeah, Mark, let, let, let me get at these get at these these people for a minute. Not get at y'all, but let me school y'all to something. The man takes all the blame in this type of situation. It sure does. The nigga takes all the heat. Oh, he knew he, he did. Oh, he shouldn't have got married. He shouldn't have proposed. He shouldn't have done that. It's not about what he should have and this, that, and the other. Some people feel as if they need to do the right thing even though it's against who they are as a person. Yep. Also, these bitches don't want to take no motherfucking blame at all. Word. Who wants to he maybe he got tired, maybe he didn't want to look at her face. Maybe he didn't she didn't have the body that he wanted. Maybe she was too naggy. Maybe she wanted to always change his life. Maybe he maybe he she always wanted to Oh, John, don't do that. John, I want a dog. I don't want no goddamn dog. John, let's get a dog. Now he has a fucking dog. Yep. John, I need more this. I need more that. I need more this. Bitch, this nigga might not want all of that. And maybe all your fucking, your wants and necessities. Or not was, his. Or not his. And he has a right to say nah, this, that, any other. I don't want so, this. I don't want to fucking deal with that. Yeah. So you got all this. It's easy to blame John because... He's John Cena, and he is who he is. So but, now imagine. But he had to save his own fucking right. life. And maybe saving his life was saying, bitch, I can't get married. And I don't mean save life like he was in some dastardly situation and he's hanging off a cliff. But mentally, it might have been a cliff that pushed that he didn't exactly. want to be. Exactly. And that's his freedom of will and freedom of right that he and, was And like I said, being that I walked that path, being that I walked that road, I know what it's like. And you know you shouldn't have gotten married. I was there at your wedding. You damn right. Not, the, not at the spectacle that no one knew about, but I'm talking about the city hall wedding. Oh, and man. I think, And I remember I looked at you for a split second. Maybe you knew. You shouldn't have even been at City Hall getting married. I should have been at work. Right, I remember. <laughs> I should have been at you work. Know what I'm and See, because at the end of the day, and, and, and you know, we're gonna keep it one hundred with you guys, right? At first, the idea of marrying, you know, this this woman, was because you know I thought that I was in love, but then I also happened to realize that most cases, love, what's love got to do with it? Not much. 
if it's not mutual. Not let, much let if it's on. The, if not much if it's not on the same the same playing field. You know, um, in most cases, when you marry somebody, you got to have a mutual understanding, a mutual respect, a mutual foundation of things. And if there's nothing mutual there, then it's just a house of cards. Right, and I think also. Um, looking at the John and, and, and Nikki Bella thing, and, and and let me say 100%, I have no friends who are in their relationship. I don't know no one who knows them. If I do, I didn't know that they knew them or this, that, and the other. But sometimes you can date a person and see their reflection instead of your reflection. Word. And also, you can... Um, you can to me, yourself. if two people are going to get married, right? And this is... I'm going to say some raw shit. Go ahead. It's not about changing them is about accepting everything equally and just putting it as a part of your life and, and building together off of it and working and if with you got to offer a bitch the bitch he's going to marry is the bitch he doesn't give a fucking 200 page contract to yep to move into the house right. that's the one he's going to marry mm-hmm. not the one who has to sign a living agreement to move in yeah or or, or create a set of rules Everybody, some, some i believe two the, the dynamic of two people it's like a tag team in wrestling yep uh, one Shelton Benjamin was a better tag team partner than for what's this guy? Uh, uh, Chad what? Gable. For Chad Gable, then what's his name was for him? I'm I'm, I'm so fucked up with the names right uh, now. Jason. Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan, right? Jason Jordan and Chad Gable was a great tag team, but Shelton Benjamin and Jason Jordan was a amazing tag team. And so the dynamic of two people in some in certain relationships do make a fucking difference. Yep. Sure does. So I don't want to hang on this too long, and I'm glad that you was willing to put some insight into it. As and I was, I'm happy. I was willing to put some insight into I'll, it. I'll look into it like this, and I'll cap it off like this, right? Mm-hmm. How people see marriage is totally different from people who are not inside of a marriage, right? And it will also, and also, people in a bad marriage will not be able to see the good in their marriage because they're not around people who deal with the good and when i say the good i mean i'm talking about the ups and the downs Mm -hmm. the messy and being able to handle it like adults most marriages that are that are successful deal with several things they keep people out of the business they keep family out of the business and they work on their stuff like adults. Right. And and it's hold on. I, I got to cut I'm not cut you. I got to jump in cuz I'm going to lose the thought if I don't say it. With watching that show, mm-hmm. you know what the one thing was? Her brother, her twin sister and the mother was always involved in the relationship. And maybe John just wanted to date Nikki Bella and not and not Nikki's moms, right. Nikki's sister, Nikki's brother, and their friends always saying he's not gonna imagine someone saying that he's not he's never gonna marry you, he's never gonna give you kids, and just hearing it, right? Yep. And you're hearing it in conversation to the family. And then imagine you turn on the E network and when rerunning four times a night at five at four hours. Mm-hmm. The same episode. He's never gonna marry you. It's John gonna, isn't it's shit. Gonna play, it's and gonna the, play in your head. And being confronted by people who you don't care about putting a dick in, or you don't yep. care about getting pussy from, and you're sitting here, you're going, now this shit is publicized. Now this shit is this. Next relationship I get is gonna be so fucking private. He probably checked out halfway through. Yeah, and probably. He, did. And I think he was trying to do the right fucking thing. So when you say 
it's the people who keep it out because if you take a, a marriage like um, Naomi and Jimmy and Jimmy Uso, they're gonna make it a that's 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 yeah. the long term marriage. I got. I'll, but, I'll, I'll say this. But whose family is not? But her family is not that we know of is not involved controlling the thought process right. of how Nikki goes back to John. Exactly. In I'll, general, you know what I'm I'll, saying. I'll cap this right. Like I'm gonna touch on that one thing that you said about that the the words being played over and over and over yeah, and, and over and it's and over on again. national fucking television. Yeah. What if you do? If you wow, and that sounds like that uh, the theme song to um, the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Um, if you constantly watch something over and over and over again, just to see certain things happen, right? Because you want it to happen, it will happen. I'll, I'll say this: there's only but so many times people can watch Dwayne Wayne break up. Whitley's marriage so that he can have her for himself. Right. I, I, I get it. And, and on the real, <laughs> it's, so, and it's so still uneventful. Times. It's yeah. still uneventful. So for me, who gives a fuck? I mean, it's their business. I don't think it should have became a national story. People break up every day as, as you're listening to, as you listen to this or as we're talking and as we're talking about it, relationships are beginning or ending. Sparks are dying and yep. sparks are flying. I mean, it's life. It's just life, but is I think it was just too much, and she was just too. It was just it was just too much, and I think he realized it and he got out of dodge. But but fuck all that. Word. Let's lift the pressure, and let's talk about something a little positive here. Wrestling. Yeah, well, that was still wrestling. <laughs> that was just that fucked right. up match. Right. That their, their their marriage, the possibility of their marriage was a bad WrestleMania main event. Ooh wee. And and John said, nah, fuck that. But the memes was funny. You think Dolph will get back in? You know, I said that's the first <laughs> nigga who gonna put his dick in the room. I'll give because he said on the show, I'll give you kids, I'll give you this. He was trying to break up the relationship. Come mm-hmm. on. And let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you a real funny story. Go ahead. I so, like funny stories. I'm around these uh I'm around these big uh big money people. Let's just say that. Okay. And one of the guy goes, he something I was reading something and he goes, Oh yeah, Brie Bella. I used to date her. She's a fucking the Brie girl. I dated her back in college. Oh my gosh, she's such a fucking bitch. But I'm looking at him and going but you're one of the greatest snowflakes and cornballs I have ever seen in my life. What was he doing with her? I guess when they were in college. You get what I'm saying? Gotcha. You know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sitting here and I'm laughing because I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, here he is commenting on her, saying she's a bitch, but you're a cornball. Maybe Bree dodged the bullet when she stopped fucking with you. Yep. But I bring this up to say this. And I'm no shit, no bullshit. No, I'm sorry, but I, I wasn't speaking into the mic. I bring this up to say this. No bullshit, no this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. The dude yeah. looks just like Dolph Ziggler with no muscle. So I've always wondered, did she date men that look like Bree's boyfriends? And Probably. since she got herself a wrestler... She went and got, she, you know what I'm saying? Right. She's gonna get herself the even bigger star wrestler. I'm just speculating, but but her, but hey, but Dolph know. Ziggler and that dude looks alike. And I wonder if Bree was like, 
she's date. I mean, Nikki was like, Bria's dating him. Maybe I could get. So I like found that myself too. a lookalike. I'm telling you, they almost look like younger brother and older brother. No bullshit. Oh boy. I'm just, I'm just Keeping saying. up with the Joneses, man. Yo, I'm in those circles. I'm in those motherfucking circles. I hear I'm you, telling you. I hear you. But um, anyway, to go on to some 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 other shit, can we talk about Nakamura possibly being the heel of SmackDown like they need? Oh yeah, he's right now. He's the number one heel. In no speaking no English no, is no popping. speak English. He's the number one heel in in the company right now. Yo, and he does it with so much beauty and grace. That's the Nakamura that I've that I've been talking about. But see, but but see, and trust maybe me when it's I tell good you that he doesn't have the world title just yet. Not right, but you know what? He's gonna be a threat not only to that championship, but the United States Championship as well. I don't even think he. I think he's only in the world title league. Yeah, he. Of course, they're gonna have him up there. Like it's him. Then of course Samoa Joe. Then of yeah, course. Yeah, now we got Samoa Joe on SmackDown. We'll talk about the roster in a minute. Right. Then I'm thinking, who else will be the other heel? Unless of course they flip flop and turn Orton for the umpteenth time. But the fact of the matter is, is that this. And, and then the Miz, of course, you got to mm-hmm. throw him in there because he just jumped ship. But um, Nakamura, like I said, I've been following this guy since 2011, and all I kept talking about is chaos, 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 and how him as the leader, he being the leader of chaos, mm-hmm. he establishing that intercontinental title, him being like fucking unstoppable he would make a great heel WWE champion right. and I think he's a better heel now because remember he fine to he fine to being a heel now mm-hmm. he's now he's a master of being a heel so he played good guy for so long and right plus the Japanese come off as great heels yes just visually wise this that and the other he's a foreigner he's disrespecting you with the no speaking no english line and then of course i think he, he has like the best low blow since uh china right he took a page out of uh, out of um yano toro's book well, well i would say he took a page from rick flair's book because when rick flair delivered a low blow you knew he wasn't shit with that oh of course but, but see but when he but when he does it it's like it reminds me well, of i'm t- not go- y- yano. i'm going after the intensity rick yeah. flair when he threw a low blow you knew the game was over. Yep. He was going to win the title. I think or, or Nakamura gets the title, the WWE Championship. Right. And they run him to WrestleMania because that's the hill to beat. Yeah, I would think so. That's the hill to beat unless they do something big with Brock. I mean, not Brock, um, Samoa Joe. Because those are the two hills yeah. they have in the company. Yeah. Um, do you think he wins the title at the Greatest Royal Rumble? I would love to see that happen. And then have him have an exchange and, at SummerSlam and, and then him, one have more him and return. AJ go at it again. Or, and then him and Daniel go at it because those those are matchups that's going to happen. And then, of course, you know, throw Samoa up in there. Right. But right now, with Nakamura being that man, it kind of – Samoa Joe should have never left Raw. Yeah. That's the man you have run for that title. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to put two intense villains on one fucking show. 
You get what I'm saying? I got you, man. There, there was no reason for it. And Nakamura is just turning into that scenario. But to talk about that, can we talk about how Joe was cutting these promos these last two weeks? Oh, man, Joe is intense, man. Like, when I see when I see Joe, when I see Samoa Joe, I see the Samoan ass kicker that I know him to be. Yeah. I see this badass. Like, he's not mincing any words. He's not mincing anything. He's just like flat like, yo, I'm a... Like I'm gonna beat that ass, nigga. When I like, see you, that's the dude that took Enzo and threw that nigga in the corner. And said, "Sit your what ass that, down." Hold on. Even even greater. You ever met that? He's that guy who he got beef with someone, comes to your house in the projects and start Fuck yelling up, up at the window. Tell you come downstairs, Yo, nigga. I need to talk to you real quick. Yo, come, on, come outside, son. Yeah, we, and we you go talk. outside, and the nigga fuck you up for real. That's and, who he is. And take your chopped cheese and go along about your about his business. Right. So when I look at this, when I when I when I, when I look at this, I'm sitting here going, Samoa Joe should have stayed on Raw. They should have never moved him over. Right. Um, he needs a good few. I think him and Randy could have had a good few. They should have yeah. moved Randy from SmackDown to Raw. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to jump into the the SmackDown trade, the, the SmackDown and Raw. I'm not going to run down the whole list of the roster. We'll, we'll talk but talk about the key people that they they traded. I over. love the way, I love the way the Miz go over to SmackDown because it might be him and Daniel SummerSlam. Oh, it's going you to have be. to capitalize on all those phenomenal promos. Yes, the Miz cut on Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. going into it, and I think that's just one of the best. I think that's the SummerSlam match to do. Yeah, that's definitely going to be. But can we talk about motherfucking Big Cass showing oh, yeah. up looking like a real? Do- they got three Monster Hills because Cass is quietly a Monster Hill. Right, you have Cass, and hopefully they can do something to where they can really. Push this guy to the fucking moon. He and deserves I, and I, to be the champion. And and if not the if not WWE champion, what there is no other belt to put the, on the United States Championship. See, but see, I feel that would dumb him down. But it's a good person. It's to a put it's on a there. it's a build up. You gotta understand something. See, because what I find with WWE now is like they build backwards. They'll put the world's championship on you. And then they'll dumb you. Then they'll lower you down to the United States title. That's the old way of thinking. That's just like okay, if Pedro Morales was World Tag Team Champion, mm-hmm. then he goes on to become World's Heavyweight Champion. Then why wait and just put the Intercontinental title on him? Right. So here's the thing. I don't think they're building backwards with Kaz at all. I think he's one of the dudes who came up with NXT who never who didn't speak well. He cuts a phenomenal promo now. Um, the best thing he did, the best thing, the best thing he had by his side at one point was um, Enzo. Enzo with them going off of each other. Right when he was in the that one month that he was in the Universal World Title picture, mm-hmm. his promo game was strong. Right. They when they broke him and Enzo up, I thought that was the smartest thing. But him coming back now, he looks like a, a legit threat to world any championship. Yeah. Heavyweight fucking champion who's just waiting for the strap to get on him. And the boy can cut a promo. The boy knows how to work. And I think it's in the fairness of interest that if you're gonna build him, build him without any secondary champion, even if you build it the long way. Absolutely. Because I think they'll put that title on him and it'll remove the, the image of him going towards that will probably remove him from it. But I think he's a great assessment to SmackDown. True. It's funny they put him on the show with Carmelo after they His broke up. His ex-girlfriend, right. I said they right. ain't shit for that. How but, about, how, yeah, that's true. You know, 
I wonder how they're going to they're going to coexist. Business as usual. All right. If I fuck it, that was a relationship. Y'all were fucking at one point. Keep moving forward. Keep doing business. Maybe they'll get back together. Maybe they won't. Let's touch on some of these uh, tag teams, for example. Right. Because um because the tag the SmackDown is tag team heavy. Let's look at what they got right there. You got the tag team champions, the Bludgeon Brothers. You have the New Day. You have the Usos. Um. You just got, you know, you got Primo and Epico. They're still there. I totally forgot that they're still there. But then you just got the bar, and then you got Gallows and Anderson. And also, let's be let's be slick. They moved over Absolution. They moved, mm-hmm. it seems like a female tag team, unbeknownst to us, over, which seems like they're leading to these women tag belts. Right. They moved over Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yep. So now the club is all together. Exactly. Once again. They moved the bar over. Right. To SmackDown. And then you have Sanity. That's on SmackDown. Which is on the, they're on their way up, right? Right. They, 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 yeah. They, they, the new arrivals of Sanity. Prepare for your arrivals of Sanity on SmackDown. So you got a lot of tag-heavy teams. The tag team division is about to be fucking popping on SmackDown. But yeah. on Raw... It seems like there's only you have the only le- the only legit tag teams there are the Office of Pain, the Revival. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about the Revival. Right? You have um, yeah, you have Hardy and um, Wyatt. Right, which is still up in the air. Okay, um, there's no one else. You got Rhino and um, and and Heath Slater. All right, when they're ready to use them. Okay. Uh, who else do they have? Um, oh, and Titus Worldwide. Titus Worldwide. Yeah, that's basically really it. They got a shitty tag division. And the, um, um, damn it, what um, what are them, them two guys, man? Uh, shit, shit, shit. The Ascension. There we go. That's still on. That's still on Raw. Oh, you know, you and, know what I feel. They should be LOD three thousand and disrespect. Oh, them and I also forgot who they got um Breeze Dango. Right, who's they never the gonna give them police. any respect? Right. right, so they but again it proves SmackDown went from a to a went from a weak tag division to a strong fucking tag yeah. division. It's like you got all basically you got all the the best tag teams together on SmackDown, and they, and those that tag division is about to be popping, mm-hmm. you know. And then the Usos is the strongest tag team they got, even though they try to bitch them out to the Bludgeon Brothers with Naomi coming to their side. These are the two baddest men in the, in the ring for a while. That's true. And now Naomi is coming to beg for their safety when she's been handling. Excuse me for um, yawning and belching into the mic, you guys. Uh, coming down to save them, the shit was just a little too much for me with the Naomi thing. But I get it; it's giving her something to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Until they they decide what you know how they're gonna fit her into the women's um, division because that picture right there is pretty big too. Then of course the um the the the, the raw side of things, the women's division over there, it's also pretty pretty decent. Also, yeah, it's it's Rounder's there, so it's heavy. I, I think it's time to put Rounder with a mouth person, and I need to see her start wrestling every fucking week now. Right, no more of this coming to save the day shit. No more of this, that, and the other. Put Paul Heyman on her. Put with her. Let him cut the promo. Let her do the fighting. Right. And let make it look like he represents the greatest champions when it comes to men and women at the same time mm-hmm. in the WWE. I think Paul Heyman would be the perfect person for Ronda Rousey to promote her ass-kicking machine-like stuff. Yeah, I believe so, too. And how about uh, Asuka 
uh, on the uh, I like her Smackdown on SmackDown. Brown. Yeah, SmackDown um, brand. SmackDown that's Brown. on the SmackDown brand. I think she's a good addition. Um, I think they should have traded her earlier once they knew they were going to have her fight for the title. Yeah. But it was what it was. I think she's a great addition. I think she's going to end up getting that world title soon. Yeah, she will. But um, the Carmella, I'm not going to say it's an experiment. I think because she can cut the third, the second best promo yeah. in the company. And I think she's the and she's the best heel female worker. Um, I'll probably say like maybe third after um, Alexa and third after whatever they potentially yeah, see, do. Yeah, see, Alexa Sasha. Bliss doesn't need a world title anymore. Alexa Bliss is the person you can go to anytime you're ready. Um, I think the Carmella World Championship, I think she'll be better with the world title than without it. And I think this is one of those scenarios where the belt help builds the character. Correct. Not the character building the belt. She's just, she's in the right place, the right position. And um, it's, it's, it's the time to give the title time to breathe when it's not on what's her name's waist. On Charlotte, exactly. Right. So let, I think it's let a great them experiment. Let them try with different things. Let them try with different people and see where it goes. Right. So um, tag division heavy. I think the woman's title is going to stay on her. I think SmackDown, I'm not feeling Nia Jax as this champion. Well, she hadn't had on her the first, raw side. She hadn't had her first defense yet. And they still need to build up strong contenders for um Nia at the moment. Um I figured, well, okay, by bringing Natalia over there, I figured that she was gonna be a real good challenger for Nia. I think that's the perfect person to bring over to Raw. And let me tell you something. Natalia is one of those wild cards. I think if that if the Nia Jax World Championship scenario doesn't go right, Natalia is the person to pull that belt off of her. Right. And then you got Natalia versus Sasha. Natalia versus uh, Bailey. Then Bailey. you got um, you have uh, the the two chicks from um, Absolution. And then you got the Wait, Riot the Squad two chicks too. From Ab- Absolution Abs- is now on SmackDown. Oh, okay. So you got the Riot Squad. Okay. Did the Riot Squad go to? Raw? Yeah, the Riot yeah, Squad they is switched over there. Them on, over. Yeah, they're on. They're on. Uh, right. They're on Raw. You Which is them. funny. Are they gonna now that the uh, Absolution is on SmackDown? Are they going to try to make it with Paige is in favor of them when this women's championship Perhaps, shows up? Perhaps. Maybe. Because maybe, everything's maybe. done by strategy in that company. But sometimes everything's just done at oh, will. Oh, wait. Also, another dynamic. I totally forgot about this. Another dynamic to look at, too, for the Raw Tag Team Division. You still got the Miz Taraj. And then you Are also they going got, to be called the Miz Taraj? I think they're going to. I think they broke, names, I think they the name will be switched, him. right? Right. But then I also also had to, I have to add these guys in there. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Right. Do they go over to the tag team division or do I you put them in the intercontinental I division? I would think the best thing to do is to put them in the tag team division. And let them and, and let them and fight. Let them, and let them go after the tag belts. You know who's and then if you're gonna do that right, then the right person people for them to feud with would be Bray and Jeff. Yeah. Because that would that's gonna that's gonna bring interest to people to see, okay, well, here's this this raw tag team division. And and also you get that comedy element from yeah. both sides, and they can work comedy. We know that. And that will probably eventually set up for the Office of Pain winning the tag belts because they're going to win the tag belts. Do you think they should have got rid of no. uh, Pearl? Early? No, you already knew what I was talking about. Yeah. I think he should have stayed. I think he, even though they don't need him, I think he was the perfect look. Yeah. To go get him, I think they got rid of him too fucking early. Freight trains need engineers. Right and. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was this time was up. I think that was a very bad move in the right. long run because 
I don't see. I don't know those guys' promo skills. I have maybe I have missed him. I haven't seen it. But mm-hmm. he's this nigga got LOD over pretty much. That's the you know what I'm saying. And that's the person you stick with. That's the person you fucking stick with. Um, they also have Jinder Mahal over there on Raw. Now, I want to see Jinder immediately in the IC division and build him. We, we talked about this last week. I think that's the perfect place for him to be. He's he's He could be a strong mid-card person. Yep. And if you want to really build that super card in Saudi Arabia put him up against the intercontinental champion but i think that's there's a match already for the ic belt right he's he's i think he's getting the rematch against jeff hardy i believe that's happening well number one how you feel about jeff hardy on smackdown well it is what it is it's jeff hardy he's the the united states champion and um they, they make it okay he's like the i guess what fifth or sixth a uh, person to be the Grand Slam champion in the WWE. Oh, is he an officially Grand Slam? Yeah, because he's held every title. Right, European, European world, world right. hardcore, light heavy, um, intercontinental, world heavy, um, WWE world heavy, um, the tag team titles. Right. Yeah. You know, he's, he's held. He's it. held everything with right. the exception of the U.S. Championship. Right, so yes, he's he's yeah. I put him yeah. All right, I can't argue with that. But who do you drop that? You got to take that belt off of him eventually. So who is the next U.S. champion? The person I would I would like to see be the U.S. champion on Raw, and I think that if they did this right, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, let him work horse and carpet yeah, the fuck let, out of that yeah. title. I mean, unless, of course, they probably may throw him in there as a surprise challenger to AJ in the World's, in the world's Championship, um, which I would like to see happen, but probably not. But I think if there's a person that should get a crack at that, it should be Shelton Benjamin. And then maybe um, give one of them New Day cats to get a singles run now. Big E. Give, it's Big E's turn. Or... Now that they have um, Xavier Woods, they can probably let him do it. Andre Clean over there. That's right. The the former La Sombra, the former right. NXT you want champion. that? You want that Spanish uh, Latino representation? Throw that world fucking throw that U.S. title on him and let him run it. And his and the chick he's with, she's an amazing fucking promo. Yeah, woman. that's right. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, you could even put her. Maybe you could put her with Ronda and let her run the mic because that bitch got him over. I don't care what no one says. She seems like it's definite. Let me let me throw something for you. Carmella is the ex girlfriend of Big Cass. What if you gave Big Cass the world title and Carmella keep her with the world her world title? And have those two run rough shots. That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. You can actually turn those two into the real new Randy and Elizabeth. Have big cats kicking bitches in the head. <laughs> and have car and this is me speculating. It might it might be a horrible idea to people who hear it. But yeah, but um have her have him kicking bitches in the head and have her um straight up and down. Um, holding people ankles while he gets the pin and stuff like that. Another addition to SmackDown that um I don't know, it's kind of weird. I don't even know he still had a job, but Ron Killings, yeah, Ron Killings is now on the SmackDown roster. I don't think that was a I don't I don't. They, it seemed like they they was pairing him with the New Day for a quick second, and with Ty Dillinger as well. Now hold on, shouldn't Ty Dillinger be? 
in the in the U.S. title picture. Ty Dillinger definitely should be in the U.S. title picture. You 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 built him so heavy and so big, and also you also got Eric Young. That's a possible United yeah. States World Champion. Yep, that's true. You could do something with him on that level too. Right. So those are just my things. Raw Raw is what it is. SmackDown is what it is. Um, I want to jump into something, and I'm not a fan of this dude. What about Bobby Roode going over to Raw? Time to put him in the U.S. title picture. But then now it's like, I mean, time to put him in the he automatically universal universal title picture. Okay. And then the other person that to talk about is your boy. What's his name? What do you call this asshole's name? Baron Corbin. Oh yeah, he's new Vince's pet picture, a pet peeve. Can you go off on that for a second? I'm gonna go check something. All right. Well, Baron Corbin, of course, we all remember, was one of the one of the three guys that failed cashing in the Money in the Bank. He was a former U.S. champion. Uh, tossed right in the middle with certain things. Vince sees him as a star. Me personally. I don't really see too many people getting behind him because a lot of fans aren't really into Baron Corbin. But he has the look, he has the build, and he has the speed, and he also has the interview capabilities of um, being a uh, a world champion. Maybe he can be world champion one day. We'll see where things go on that level. But um, as far as I'm concerned, it's an interesting dynamic to see um, Baron Corbin as the U.S. champ. I mean, as the as a potential world heavyweight champion. Also, I, I also want to mention this too with with one other dynamic: the fact that Dolph Ziggler and um, Drew um, McIntyre, McIntyre. That's right. Are, but, but before we jump are, are on that, um, and I wonder if they're going to build them as a tag team. But your he, opinion about um, Baron Corbin? Yeah, because I just I had to run out and get something taken care of. Really, real on some real serious shit. I think they need to fire Baron Corbin. I do not see no future in him. I know he's a tall dude, greasy hair, biker looking dude, but I am not a fan of the idea of Baron Corbin um, even being anywhere near the world title picture. I, I want him far as away from there as possible. This, that, and the other. Hold on, Mark. Let me go. Let you go. Take care of what I'll take care of. But then I'm gonna jump and then let me touch on this. Let me touch on this um, Dorf Ziggler. I think this is the best thing that happened to Dorf Ziggler mm-hmm. with Drew McIntyre joining him. I think for the first time, and Drew McIntyre came out looking huge as fuck. He came out looking strong as fuck. He came out looking aggressive as fuck. The way they did that, uh, f- the, the, the dual finisher together, it reminded me of uh, ECW tag team when they used to do the spin kick at the top of the head and the spin kick at the bottom of the feet. I forget their names. It'll come to me later. Forgive me for not remembering. But I think Dolph Ziggler, for the first time in a long time, is positioned correctly in the right place, in the right scenario, in the right situation. And um, for the first time, I have a different aspect and outlook on... A different aspect and outlook on... um. Drew McIntyre, and I feel Drew McIntyre is going to uh, make a difference, and I definitely see first future Universal Champion in his uh, his um history. I agree with that regarding uh, 
Drew perhaps maybe becoming the uh, universal champion down the road. But um, going back to what you were saying, I also like the fact that uh, him and Dolph are together. It's different. It's unique. And um, it'll give these guys a power-playing role to do what they need to do as a team. And um, it will be very interesting. Also, uh, let me see here. Um, it's interesting how that really looks. So anyway, um, I want to kind of cap on some of the um, matches for the greatest Royal Rumble ever. You know, we have Taker versus Rusev in a casket match. We have several title matches um, already signed. AJ Styles versus Nakamura for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a steel cage for the Universal title. Um, we have a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Samoa Joe challenging Seth Rollins Wait, versus you, I, I, um, Finn Balor versus uh, The Miz. And... Um, in, in this match for the Intercontinental Championship. 50-man battle royal, which yeah, ironically, uh, the great Kali has showed up on the advertising. Right. They also even said that the great Muda was going to be in there too, but he's not. We'll, yeah, we'll see. So let me, but I want to jump Muda's, back. Muda's doing his uh, surgery thing with his knees. Right. You, you know I'm in the fuck that uh, of main event because the females are not there. We know Saudi Arabia yeah. culturally hasn't caught up. But I want to ask you something. Go ahead. Dolph's looking at Drew McIntyre. Okay, so How long do you, and I want to go back to that because we was rotating bathroom runs, people, as we were talking. Um, the listener will not be denied exactly. <laughs> on certain things. You might have heard the flush. Right. So my question is, especially on my how long part. do you take? How long do you wait to put these tag titles on them? I think that's something they should move on immediately. So now, now that their dynamic is in the company. So now, what you have to do is you have to establish. Who are going to be the serious challengers for the Raw Tag Team Championship? Because what happens is, is that like I was saying earlier, you have a situation where you have only really like two, like well, actually three established tag teams. Right, and even though we talked Raw. on the tag team thing, we actually you know forgot about this dynamic now being in there. But the WWE is known for putting tag teams together. And they actually end up becoming successful. You look at Sheamus and Cesaro; they were multiple-time Raw Tag Team Champions. It looked weird in the be, but you know it's funny that they looked weird in the beginning. Now you can't see them apart. But my question, not my question, the realization is: excuse me for belching into the mic. Um, Ziggler and Drew, they look they look perfect almost. I like their finish. The zigzag with the with the um right. The big I, remember, I, I said when you ran to the bathroom and before I I rotated to go to the bathroom was it, myself. No, it was a drop kick. That's what it was. It was a drop kick into the zigzag. Well, it seemed like it was like a, a it was a weird yeah whatever it was yeah. they did it. But my story thing is they remind me of that tag team in ECW that when they one would do the spin kick at the, the feet. eliminators. There you go. I, I was total elimination. To say the execution total right. elimination. That was one of the best finishers in the yeah, game I'll back in so. 1994, 95, 96, 97 yeah, on ECW. No, no, nothing. And it had that feel to it, like oh, they got fucked up when they got hit. Right. And we haven't had a finisher, a dual finisher that really feels as if they're doing some except damage. Except for except for the 3D and the Magic Killer. I would love to see how they go up against Sami Zayn and. Kevin Owens, man, that would be a sick ass team. You know, maybe the maybe the Raw Tag Team Division is safer than what we realize. That's true. I mean, because at the end of the day, you're gonna look at it like we're gonna look at it like this. In comparison to SmackDowns, 
SmackDown is really 10 teams in total on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Raw has about nine. You okay, know, so fair I, enough. You know, but I think that it was a little unbalanced there. But you know what? We wait and we see how this stuff pans but out. But you know what? Also, I want to say, for the first time, and I say in about 15 years, the tag team division actually looks strong. Right. Which it, it seemed like at one point it was almost in a forgotten about division, you know? In the 80s, the tag team division was at its peak. You had the Dream Team. You had Sheik and Volkov. You had the U.S. Express. You had mm-hmm. the Hart Foundation, the Killer the Bees, the British Bulldogs. Even. You had the Islanders. You you had um you know you, the Mega Powers. You had um Orton and um Don Morocco. You had um <laughs> Orton and um Piper. Orton and Orton and Piper. Or Orton and Orndorff. You know you had all these. You had the Rockers. You had the um the um about to say Zambui Express. That's not the that's not the team. You had um. <laughs> You had the Orient Express. You had the Twin Towers. You had Demolition. You had um, the, the Bolsheviks. You had the Bushwhackers. You the Brain Busters. You had you had um, the Rougeau Brothers. You had right. You had you had a lot teams. of tag teams. And for the first time, we have that. Like if they really want to do a real tag tournament, they can. Exactly. You know what I'm saying so. They they. I think is I think it's safer than what they think. And and again. I, I would love for the writing teams on both shows to actually take their time right. and put together something feasible. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about, um, we're going to keep it straight WWE this time. Next week is what you call it. Right. Just the way you need. I'm okay. talking to, um, but the, but uh, that was a side note on something else, people. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Andre the Giant documentary. Okay. I finally watched it. I know we're two weeks late, but I finally watched it. I liked it. Tell me why. Tell me. Tell me some of the dynamics about it that that you liked, and I'll tell you mine. Right. So for me, number one, I like the him and Big John Stud beef. I didn't know Big John Stud and him. Well, he didn't like Big John Stud. Right. Um. To me, Andre the Giant was not a great wrestler, but we know why. Mm-hmm. He, he was a big body, this, that, and the other. He was agile in the beginning. But um, his body took the toll that it took the towel. I was never yeah. a big Andre the Giant fan. I didn't realize until Leah's later and how great he was. And it wasn't until Mark Henry had an interview on the Peter Rosenslob show, Rosenberg, but I call him Rosenslob, on the Peter Rosenberg uh, wrestling podcast, or on his podcast where he said, Jim Cornette said, the greatest wrestler in the world was Andre the Giant. And when you watch this documentary, I get it because he was a must-see scenario. Yes. And when you look at big men, I don't give a fuck what, as agile as Big Show is, as good as he was, the Big Show could never fill Andre the Giant's shoes. And I don't think he was ever trying to. Right. You get what I'm saying? But Andre, but Big another, Show, he needed mm-hmm. to be himself. Right. And and it, what, what they did in WCW worked, what they did in WWE didn't work. Mm-hmm. And to me, the giant from Paul White, WCW Paul White, was always greater than WWE's Paul White. True and that's me. just, it, it, I don't think they knew what to do with him. And I felt like he was more of a monster in WCW, where he was just a character in WWE. Right. Another dynamic I liked about the documentary was um, him knowing, um, Andre knew where he stood. I liked when him and Hogan Hogan was actually worried if he's going to let him pin him and this, that, and the other. But I like the fact that he actually listened to people because mm-hmm. when he said, I wrote out the match 
word for word. And he didn't even know if he would follow it. And then when he's doing it, everything was happening word for word. And you got to commend it because you wouldn't think someone like Andre would actually be able to take the step back. And I think that was a real passing of the torch. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one person saying, I think that was Andre now saying Hogan is the ring general. Right. Because he didn't have to follow a word of that, of that, of that, um, uh, notepad and all that information he put on there. I want to touch on the dynamic between Hogan and Andre, right? Now... Oh, hold on. Glad you said that. I hope you bring up the fact that Andre was upset about the Japan issue because that's something they left out. Well, here's the situation with, with them two facing each other. Vince Sr. needed somebody to compete against Andre on that level. He didn't have no one. He had nobody. Hogan was doing phenomenal down in the... um. In uh, continental wrestling, mm-hmm. and in um, and in the South, and so forth. So when he brings Hogan in, he brings Hogan in, uh, gives him this, you know, this this uh, Irish thing because he wanted Hogan to be, mm-hmm. you know, the all American. Well, actually, not the all American, and also, but just the the one to represent for the Irish, the Irish wrestling fans. For four years, Hogan was already on top. And Andre was still around. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it, it, but, let's, let's not take that away that Hogan but, was doing, we're putting gonna, that work but, in. But we're going to go back to like late 77 um, with their Madison Square Garden stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV tapings from Pennsylvania when they used to tape out in, in PA and so forth. Uh, the, the New Japan stuff. The Shea Stadium shows. Hogan and Andre has re- had wrestled all Several over the times. United States. Actually, Andre, but people don't even, people probably know it. Andre the Giant was already body slammed three times before that body slam went down. The problem was it was all over many markets. It wasn't on ah, national television. It, it was more than just those many markets. You know, in those those lo- in those in those territories, it was in like big 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 arenas, mm-hmm. like you know, like Florida, Memphis. Japan, you know, well, they did, Minnesota. I they, did, at one point, I found a number. It's not over ten times. It's not over ten times. Yeah, definitely not over okay. ten times. Well, I know definitely in the MSG series and for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hogan has slammed Andre numerous times. Um, I also believe too that down in uh, Men- uh, down in Memphis, um, Hogan has slammed Andre. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, uh, up in New York, he slammed Andre. So, just the idea of them having that dynamic, them. Being able as tag team partners, as uh, opponents, Andre and Hogan had a lot of chemistry inside the ring with each other. You know, although some people will critique and criticize the the, the work from the match at WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. it's not taking anything away from what they've done over the years. Now, to touch on the New Japan situation, um, it was during one of the shows where um, Hogan wrestled Fujinami in a, in a title match. And it was the last night that they were working with New Japan, and they thought that New Japan may try to double cross and shoot on Hogan mm-hmm. and cripple him and injure him and cause for him to take the belt. But then sometimes there can be an exaggeration to the story just to make oneself look good. Um, Andre was like, "Hey, boss, why didn't you let me know? I'd have had your back." And he's like, "No, nah, I needed to take care of this for myself." That, no disrespect to Andre, nigga, you was barely walking around. What the fuck you really gonna do for me in Japan? No disrespect, but let's let's just keep it one hundo. What were you really going to do? Well, I mean, everyone was in awe and amazed at Andre. Right, but we're talking about business now, nigga. You was you was barely able to move around, 
number one, let me give credit to my man Stan Hansen, who was one of the people who body slam Andre. That's all, that's right. Cause there's, and there's a lot of people that slam Andre. Well, Stan it Hansen's seems on like that list. after WrestleMania eight, Hogan got about f- f- about three of them. Yeah, but WrestleMania, in reality, WrestleMania three, you mean? Um, but there's there's Stan Hansen, there's um Strong Kabashi, Strong Kobayashi, Antonio Inoki, uh. Butcher Vushan. Butcher Vushan. The Harley Wild Race, Samoans. The Wild Samoans. Uh, but also, I want to say that this is... And I think Big Cat Ernie Ladd. I, I want to say that this is small Andre. Not, not 500 and something pound Andre. This is slender Andre. Remember that slender Andre was agile. Yeah. So this is, this is definitely slender Andre that they were... Um, that they were able to do these things. That with. they was able to do this with. That other Andre that Hogan is breaking down is that fucking right. This nigga putting pressure on my body. I, he could barely walk, Andre. Stuff like that. So it's definitely not over. I would yeah. say it's not over fifteen times that he's been slammed. Andre, but it also, is documented. Yeah, but Andre also, on the other hand, um, he also didn't. He also tore into people that he didn't like. Fuck Andre the Giant. He let Kamala slam him. Well, that was down in Memphis, in so, Louisiana. Yeah, that or Bill Watts. So that that worked. You know, Ray Candy was the freaking man, bro. Come on. No, fuck Kamala. No, the original Kamala, the one that I mean, excuse me, James Sugarbear Harris. The only the Kamala original. that should be slamming that nigga is in WWE 2K18. Yeah, that's James Sugarbear Harris. That's what I'm saying. But the original I, Kamala. I have no respect for that cooning ass nigga. I'm, I can't do it. Well. I can't do it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. I, I'm gonna tell you why I give props to James Harris. Go ahead. Besides of the fact that Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett created the character, but it, he drew money. Two white men saying that the only thing a nigga can do is ba- well, barefoot running know. and screaming. But Fuck all that. But, but I mean, but come on, man. Listen, Kamala was over. He made pe- he made little kids piss their pants. I'll say it Fucking to his Abdul one the, foot ass today. Abdul Fuck the, him. Abdul the Butcher made little kids piss themselves too. Fuck him too. You know. Let me tell you something. Everything that y'all ever hear me say, fuck who, I would say it to their fucking face. <laughs> I am not the weak at heart. I'm the nigga who will go, what? Tell them I'm right around the corner. Fuck out of here. I just felt, I don't know, it's not me being black or this, that, and the other, but it was easier to coon us than it was anybody else. Whoa, and painting yeah. a dude like he's from the bush, the, from the bush of That's Africa as a fucking savage, I'm not feeling, it's not popping. It is what it is. But I never liked his wrestling ability. Let me say that. And okay. I'm not a fan. Let me tell you something. I'm not a fan of none of these fucking wrestlers. I'm a supporter of wrestlers. But I'm not a, I'm not a fanatic for none of them. Though you may hear me say fan, but, I'm nobody's fucking fanatic. I'm a supporter of great wrestlers. But I just think that, you know, Andre working the big man style with various workers, you know, they, they drew some money. Andre was an attraction. Andre can go right. all over the world and, you know, and all over the country and just draw big houses. We didn't have a human body like that. And you got to remember, stuff like that was considered a circus sideshow. Exactly. So and he, he wasn't looked at as a circus sideshow. He was looked at as the man when he came out. Three notes. Andre the Giant um, was in Conan the, the Destroyer or Conan the Barbarian um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger as, well, one of the, one of the, as a monster. Let me look. No, was he? Yeah, he was. Andre, Andre was in one of the Conan movies. Hold on. He, he, was in a, he was in a suit. I also know that he also worked twice with Lee Majors. Um, the two 
um, Six Million Dollar Man episodes and the episode of The Fall Guy. Actually, it was like four times. If, if I'm not mistaken, maybe that other well, one with I'm Andre. I'm not typing in Andre the Giant and IMDb. Keep going. You know, I think Andre um, had an appearance on a two-part episode of The Fall Guy, but I know it was two parts in the Six Million Dollar Man when he played um, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, uh, The Princess Bride. Yeah, which was written around him mm-hmm. in general by that particular writer. Um, it's funny how they got him as actor credits and shit after he died, like Legends of Wrestling. You know, I love IMDb, but certain cer- certain yeah. shit shouldn't even be up here. Um, Zorro TV series, 1991. Okay. Let's see. Let me see. A lot of this is just unnecessary. I mean, it is his credits. Number one, no one should be labeled on the WWE because Vince don't give credits. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's number one. That That is so fucked up. But no credit at all. Yeah, six million, it's the uh, Six Million Dollar Man, which everybody saw in the documentary. PJ and the Bear TV series. Like you said, The Fall Guy, Les Bryant. The Greatest American Hero as the monster. And they got him uncredited, which for some reason, that's a, as... The Goff. In uh, Conan, right? Right. Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer, yeah. Which means they didn't give a fuck he was on the set. <laughs> That's bad. But it is what it is. But long story short, um, Andre, is just a, I think he was great. I think I wasn't a fan of any of his matches uh, growing up. I was, I, I'm more critical now than I was then, but he was something definitely to see. And I think because of our generation, we didn't get to see 60s and 70s Andre. Right. We got to see Andre when- In the 80s. In the 80s when he wasn't at his best, but he was still giving people what he could. I got to see him do his thing as um, Giant Machine. Mm -hmm. I got to see him. uh, My first viewing of Andre was uh, when Stud Bundy and Ken Patera attacked him and cut his hair. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my first ever view. Wait, you saw Andre in person? You mean no, as far as like television wise. Oh, was oh, oh, yeah. I think that was either at Madison Square Garden or the Philadelphia Spectrum, and they used to run those shows on Channel Five mm-hmm. Wrestling Challenge when they used to you know run the matches on um, Channel Five. I don't remember the first time they, they used I to run him. those on on the house shows. Then of course you know him versus Macho, him versus Warrior, him versus uh, Jim Duggan, you mm-hmm. know him versus Jake Roberts. Uh, and coincidentally, him and Giant Baba versus Demolition. Yeah, see, for me, at that point, because of, as critical as I was as a kid, he was just too much of an ogre to me. But again, let me let me say this, people. I do understand his greatness. I just, he is one of those dudes who um, we didn't get to see his true wrestling ability as everyone got to see in the 60s and 70s. Right. Because then that, you'll go to that and the other, and... It makes me look at someone like Giant, like Big Show, mm-hmm. and you go, "Damn!" Like whatever it was, they didn't book him as the monster he should right. have been, and he he was just off to a thing. But to compare him to Andre the Giant is comparing a roach to a uh, a, a Great Dane. How about you know, what I'm saying two different types of people on the planet, beings on the planet. My favorite Andre interview will always be. I'll send the World Heavyweight Championship back to the Teddy Biasi. You know, yeah, that is a great <laughs> moment. Um, that is definitely a great moment. What I liked about it, the, another thing from the documentary, was when they spoke on, see, 
we don't get the uh, psychology as kids. We don't understand the psychology about behind Andre's heel turn. Right. So when they broke it down and people were seeing it go down, it definitely had that heavy presentation that a lot of people, that when the kids, you don't get it. So to me, WrestleMania three makes so much more sense. And now I can see why they're saying this was the great moment. And also that pin, mm-hmm. that pin was, that pin was protected his whole career. Yep. So it's, it made me think of the undertaker and Vince protecting a pin until a certain time, even though the Undertaker's pins will only go down at... Um, Various different events and things of that nature, yeah, but, but WrestleMania... WrestleMania, it was protected. So I think... It, it, I like... I understand the reason for the pin. I understand the reason for it having to happen. And it was also the, the, the finalization of Hogan taking the company into yeah. his hands and running it and bringing it... Run, and I mean running it, not running it down, but, but taking it to running the next it level. and taking it to the yeah. next level for everybody in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just one of those things where it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to definitely go back to talking on New Japan stuff. Yep. Uh, Mark was supposed to um, get us, bring me some notes on the indie scene. Yes. But we'll work on that. I need you to work on that for next week. Oh, I got you, brother. Don't worry about yeah. it, man. We got a lot of notes to, to touch on. We got a couple of things to talk about. I want to I want to do a Ric Flair episode. Okay. I want to do I want to do an episode. And I'm saying this to people so they can know they can have stuff to look forward to. I want to do an episode on title reigns and yes. the top 10 title holders that is consider- that is honored by wrestling history WWE history um the reason why certain reigns wasn't honored with Ric Flair I want to talk about what's his name the reason I want to I want to do some research on the reason behind um the longest title reign in WWE history which is Bruno No what's his name what's the yo I'm brain farting here people Not Punk No fuck Punk um, I like that's, punk. Um, that's modern era, but you know what I mean. No, 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 no. Who's the dude who dropped? Who Iron Sheik took the belt off of? Bar Backlund. He's kind of not. It's not spoken about in long title reigns when they talk about it in WWE. He history. has a. I think he has a seven to eight year title title run. Was that the WWW as WWF champion? WWF or WWWF? WWF. Because right. he was the last WWWF champion. Right. He was the last one. Right. So. They never add him to the history at all. You know, so there's a few things I, I want to talk about the history of title reigns. I want to do an episode um, strictly. I want to talk about the. What was it I was thinking about? The title reigns versus title defenses? Yeah, title reigns. Well, if we do New Japan, we have to explain title defenses. So we, need, right. we should do stuff. With, people, you're hearing us brainstorm. We, we're we're going to do business on this microphone. I mean, do business that you're going to hear us brainstorm yep. on what we should bring you on the mic. So you can hear how we're thinking when exactly. it's just uh, me and him. I, 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 we cover WWE because they're the biggest market. But sometimes I want to create specialty episodes for you guys just to have. And I'm going to put an email on the screen. It's going to be Team DD. Team DD od at gmail.com and i want you guys to email us stuff that you want us to do research on mm-hmm. and talk as you gain to trust us with wrestling information and wrestling knowledge right. um i want to i want to speak greatly on the indies because outside of wwe there's a, a phenomenal yeah, wrestling man. explosion yes. going and the territories are technically they're back basically and they're not spoken about but they're back I mean, New York right now, I've always said it was a hotbed of pro wrestling. The Tri-State area is a hotbed of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have um, Philadelphia, you have Jersey, you have um, Boston, you have Connecticut. So you much. also have um, you know NWA, the, NWA, they, they're and back. Billy, and Billy Cor, uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Whether you like him or not, he was making a slight difference in TNA. And it's going to be a slow build, but he's making a difference with yeah, man. the NWA. And I think that's one of the best people yeah. to be in control of it. One, he's a businessman. Two, mm-hmm. he's not an on-air talent. And three, he's a wrestling he fan. understands the psychology of yes. wrestling. And, he's, and he understands the business of wrestling. So I want to applaud him on something like that. Absolutely. And, you know, and then we can also, and, you know, also California is, is a huge, huge deal too between uh pro wrestling um gorilla mm-hmm. um i believe um nwa hollywood which is part of the national you know championship wrestling from hollywood uh right. which is basically the nwa mm-hmm. um you have all these things you even have like a, a slight research in texas with booker t's reality of wrestling um you know that gets slipped under the radar but a lot of talent is coming out of his goddamn true, fed on the true. low you know so it's like so many doors on the independent scenes here in the United States is opening, and then we can even maybe even touch on like the the indie scenes in in, in the United Kingdom, brother. Yeah, see, that's big to me because that's a whole fucking market mm-hmm. all by itself. And you gotta understand, wrestling it's not going nowhere. It's all it's technically America's pastime Art. as well. Matter of fact, it's even it's even big in Australia now too. Right, and Africa as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So I wanna I wanna um really 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 expose not expose or bring as much attention as we can and like I said we want we we want you to grow with us um or we may not sound perfect and I mean sound perfect as all of the fine two guys like the Dave Meltzers and this that and the other but grow with us as you always hear me say at the end of the episode as we develop the sound and feel of this show absolutely um, we're doing this not because we want to get paid we're doing this because we love it we're going to create shirts for the wrestling superstore we'll tell you what we're doing when we get them done mm-hmm. um, we're definitely doing giveaways for the YouTube channel of some Nintendo Switches well um, you guys will probably get the second one because I'm going to get the first one <laughs> right and um, I need it's just you know it's just growth and we want you guys to just grow with the sound of the show and we want you to be a part of the conversation word and this is we're doing this because we just we want to put our voices out there what we love about the business though you may hear me use a lot of colorful language and talk that shit it's just what a motherfucker do and being that i'm straightforward with some things i also like to stray off the um the narrow path and throw you know a fuck you to whatever right so the goal (laughs) the goal is just to you know to give you a different sound you know there's a thousand different tv shows on everything um the youtube channel is dietrich davis on demand by the time you get this episode up we just approved our our artwork that we was creating so you guys will technically have six episodes going up on the same day Mm -hmm. but um we'll spread them out we'll start chopping out clips that we think that you might want to hear and talk about um we just want you to enjoy it. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Dietrich Davis on Demand. We will be creating a Patreon page. It's created. There's no original content up there just yet. We're thinking about going to a wrestling gym and doing some training sessions, showing people how you can get started in wrestling, mm-hmm. even if you have to do it step by step. The things to look out for, 
what's the type of school you should join, type of school you shouldn't join, mm -hmm. stuff like that we could put up that we believe that we have enough information to give you. Absolutely, man. So, guys, I just want to be the first to say thank you very much and thank you for supporting and tuning in and just checking us out, man. We really appreciate this. Without your support, you know, we'd just be two guys watching wrestling as we all are we're still two guys wrestling and we're and watching wrestling on a regular basis and yep. also we're gonna i want to do um maybe in the next month or so live watches where we watch the show and talk and with critique them at, at the same time yeah, as the show go wide right. just in case you don't want to hear the audio uh the, the commentary and stuff like that yeah, we so can do mark appreciate the show oh, no we, doubt, can we, what's your, um, we don't promote facebook just yet i got a reason for that but what's your Instagram and your oh, Twitter? brother. Okay, Instagram, M-double-44. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought you was going to change that to Mark Morell. No, it's M-double-44. I think maybe I might switch it. I don't know. I, but, I thought because you were doing some branding with your... Because Mark works on some music. We, we were going to promote that when that's correct. And then we also got the XM, XM Nightbuster at Twitter. Okay. You, know, you, can follow, you can follow me there. And then, of course... But uh, we don't promote no Facebook. No Facebook. No, I, I got no, no. I got a, a unique letter from them the other day, so they can go fuck themselves. And um, there's also the the XMK. Oh, actually, it's the X this XM Nightbuster at Tumblr. You know, I like to blog and read stuff. Right, and um, you can catch me on Instagram at Dietrich Davis and on Twitter at Dietrich Davis. Anywhere else, I won't respond to you. Um, <laughs> it's just that so That's if you choose to care, but we, we want you guys to email us. Send us what you can. And um, and next I'm, week, I'll also give you guys my uh, my Reverb Nation account so you guys can go there and check out some of my tracks. Right. All right, so that's pretty much it. Um, Mark, next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Yes, sir, Bob. All right.